some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have. Hello and welcome to Model Club TV episode 29. As always, oh, you wrote it. Wow. XXIX? Really? Roman numerals, like the Super Bowl. Oh, cool. We're getting big, like the Super Bowl. We're an event. (laughs) As always, I'm Jason Walker, and my lovely co-host is Scott Johansson. How are you, sir? I'm I'm great. I'm out of focus. Let's get... That's probably good for the rest of us, though. Yeah, that's true. My hair's getting a little long. I'm a little less decante. You look like a hippie with hair that long. What are you doing? Yeah, I know. I think I put it in ponytail. (laughs) Dude, you should grow like a little greasy ponytail back. That's what I should do. You should with that hippie haircut of yours. You take the beard and go down into a ponytail. Dude, I grew my hair out, what, last? When was that time you saw me? (laughs) I looked terrible. Dude, oh God, it's gross. Anyway, how's everybody doing today? It is the end of August. Holy cow. How did this happen? Summer's over. This sucks. Back to work. I'm wiped out every day. If this gets out on time before the actual end of August, I would be very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, we you are know, so you didn't have control issues, and you'd give me control of some of this. I don't have control issues. I have trust issues. <laughs> That's part of control issues. Okay. Oh, I, I guess you're right. I, I could do the emails. I could help <laughs> out. Okay. Yeah, I know. We'll see. But, Maybe but one no, day. You know what? You know, you're just a miserable person. That, <laughs> you want to bitch about everything. I got to do this. I got to do this. I am a miserable person. And, you know, I'm sitting here. I have all this talent. Okay. Going to waste. Okay. Yeah, really, all right. That, if that's I, what you call it, talent. Yeah, yep. I really can't even believe the fact that I'm doing this for no money. I, I, I'm doing it for no money, and I'm doing three times the work you are. So oh, here we see. There we go. All right. I forgot something super important last episode. So I'm moving an email from last episode to the beginning of this episode. So it's okay. technically a correction and an email in the beginning in the wrong spot, but I want to get it. Done. Let me put on the email glasses. (laughs) This is from Robert Trock in response to our 3D printing episode. So technically it's an episode behind. Really like that last episode. I'm also 3D printing using a Nova Elfin printer. And yes, there is an annoying time consuming learning curve. So every bit of practical info I can get is worth a lot to me because 3D printing is a boon to diorama building. Scott, those animation prints are very tempting. Damn it. Here's where the good stuff comes in. And last, I have a short video message about the diorama of miracles. Inserting video message here. Hey, Phil, Robert Trock here. We've never met, uh, but I have to tell you, I love your work, especially those charming little b-movie vignettes you do um but as the late great don rickles would have said phil you're 90 lay down stop annoying the people seriously all jokes aside the diorama of miracles uh don't judge it too harshly because when it's done you might really like what you see there's a lot of great stories little individual stories in it and you could spend hours just 
looking at all the different stories. So, hope you're there when we get it done. I hope I'm here when we get it done too. And again, Phil, I actually really do love your stuff. It's great. And I spoke to the home, Phil, even spitting up again. Wow. Um, yep. Wow. Uh, the beef from Phil has been responded uh, to with beef, beef from Man. Robert. So maybe we could just have a beef, a back and forth dude, beef. We need a beef episode. That'd be cool. Beef episode. Yeah. Air your. Yeah. It's like a uh, Festivus episode. Festivus, airing your beefs. grievances. <laughs> oh, dude. I like this idea. But we call it the airing of beefs. And then we put a big beef sandwich up. Beef of this. Yeah. Beef, yes, something. We All right. <laughs> Throw the ideas out there. So you guys can work this out on Facebook. And we'll figure that out. Where, Scott, where's your favorite beef sandwich? I don't eat beef sandwiches. What? Where do you live? You're not an English teacher. I don't eat beef sandwiches. Where do you live? I live in Midlothian, Illinois. No, but what? It's hot dogs, pizza, beef sandwiches. No, it's pizza, pizza, and pizza. Wait, you don't eat hot dogs either. I will eat hot dogs, but plain, nothing on them at all. All right, we're going on. Anyway. <laughs> you show me your feet again, you nasty fuck. <laughs> well, that's coming later. You'll see. And you can thank Phil for that. Okay. So, uh, Scott, uh, just real quick, see any movies? No. <laughs> Why do I even bother asking? I saw The Green Knight. And I... Loved it. I highly recommend The Green Knight. Arthurian tale. And it is done really well. Shot really well. Cool little story. It's a beautiful movie. Beautiful film, I would say. So please, everyone, if you can, check out The Green Knight. I, there is a kit opportunity, which you'll see here with this picture, I think, of The Green Knight. And it's not spoiling anything because it's right in the beginning of the movie. but. Um, looks kind of blue to me. Yeah, he does look blue. It's because he was in like. You'll see. No, you won't, because you won't watch the damn movie. <laughs> news and reviews. Oh, news and reviews. I want to start out by um, expressing our condolences to our good friend Tom Grossman, whose wife Maxine, we mentioned last episode, yep. uh, lost her battle this past week with cancer, and. Um, Tom's grieving, but he was really grateful we mentioned it, and we're going to mention it again. Our thoughts are with Tom and his family, and um, our deepest condolences. Yep. Yep. I, it, so. Sucks. Really does. But, uh, okay. We yeah. got that out of the yeah. way. Um, our, our horrible, awful segue we have to do now every yes. episode. Yes. Moving on to jokes and humor. Yeah. Uh, my All first right. news and review kind of thing just happened yesterday. Uh, hey. Warhammer Plus launched. And this might only mean something to me. Uh, and Trevor. 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 Oh, yeah. Maybe one. Trevor. Trevor. Check it out. $6 a month. They're, they're jumping on the Plus bandwagon 
of paying more money for stuff you might get for free, but not really. So they added a, it's like Disney plus it's like Netflix. It's all that, but strictly all Warhammer stuff. So there's going to be, there's a lot of painting classes on there on how to paint miniatures. Uh, I haven't watched it that yet. Cause it just started yesterday. So I, I think they go a lot more in depth into their painting how to videos than they do with their YouTube stuff, which is rather simple. If you don't know anything about Games Workshop, they have a very distinct painting style of how they do edge highlighting, and it's very different than a lot of other miniature painters. They paint more for the gaming table and instead of like the higher end of it. So I'm interested to see how their painting videos turn out. So there's a whole show on there called Masterclass where you're just they're just painting all the time. And then they have a bunch of other animated shows they're putting on there. They have like game reports for all of that. You also get access to uh, apps that you normally wouldn't, you'd have to normally pay for. And you get a free miniature, which not free because you're technically paying for it, but you get a miniature with it on your one year anniversary of subscribing. And I think it's a good deal. So check it out. Warhammer Plus, if you're a Warhammer fan, I have not been paid by Games Workshop. I wish I was. <laughs> You got a lot commercial. of disposable income, I can I, tell you. Uh, no, I don't. I'm just going into debt and hoping I get hit by a car. So, I could arrange that. <laughs> Scott from Paul Gill, what's he got for us this week? It's something every episode, which is kind of cool. Paul Gill, and you know, Paul has showed me this a while back, and I was perusing the clubhouse and found the post. So I got a hold of him today and said, "Hey, can I show this?" And he's like, yeah, go ahead. Um, so this is uh, sculpted by sculpted in clay. So this is not a digital sculpt by Hollywood effects artist Michael White. And it is the big boss. I think we all know who the big boss is. Big boss. And um, the big man, this thing boss. is really, really nice. I think this big boss is, <laughs> this is so hard. My second or third favorite villain in this series of movies. Does that work? Sure. Okay. Cool. I so to see this is really cool. I I I love this. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I think there's gonna be some rings looking at the pictures um on the bottom of those like gargoyle things. Mm-hmm. Um and if you reference some big boss pictures of his throne you'd see those same things so okay and then uh, i also wanted to show this quick picture of the uh, house that dripped blood now, this is the first side shot i think we've seen of it and uh it's a pretty hefty kit and uh again that, that that'd be a weird mold i'm looking at that going that'd be a weird mold so i just happened to see this and um yeah, I'm going to throw this up here just because I know yeah. Paul's still making the kit and it's kind of a good side view. I think we've showed the front view, but I don't think we've seen the good side view of it. So. Yeah. Cool. Sculpted by Jeff Yeager. That guy. He sculpts a lot of stuff. In clay. <laughs> in clay. Uh, I have one thing in physically in hand for news and reviews. You ready, Scott? Oh, boy. <sighs> The Psycho Goreman soundtrack on vinyl from Waxwork Records. I have not listened to it yet. Came yes two days ago, but I haven't had time. So Jesse, if you're watching, are you jealous? He's probably not watching. 
Hell no. Wait, how do I get in all in camera? Look at that. Look at this. The most important thing is, though, side B, song nine, Frig Off is on there, which is the greatest song in the history of songs. Go to YouTube, Google Frig Off, look up Frig Off. It's the best. The history of the song. That's the best song. Ever. If I could play it on this episode and not get in trouble for a copyright or something, I would do it. But please, everyone, go to YouTube, type in Frig Off, Psycho Goreman, watch the song. It's the best. All right. Scott, you found a cool paint job. <laughs> I did find a cool paint job. Um, as everyone knows, I'm an Aurora guy. You know, or started out as an Aurora guy, like a lot of us did. And at one of the Aurora groups, this gentleman, Stephen Rosario Pisani, I'm going to say, um, I saw this Munsters kit, and I was like, you know, he added to it, and he really kind of went all out with, um, you know, raising the um, grandpa figure way up there and the spider webs that aren't part of the kit. And, uh, you know, a nice clean paint job, but it's like really cool. Yeah. That's a great way to handle that. Cause that's a kind of wonky, weird looking kit in the first place. Yeah. And um, the grandpa, that figure isn't really that great. The, uh, grandpa figure, but yeah, so it's a nice way to kind of get it up there and make it look a little cooler. So yeah. I just liked it. I just well I saw that and I was like, yeah, I'm showing that. That's kind of cool. Well done. Thanks. I didn't do it though. Yeah, what are you saying? <laughs> well done finding it, Scott. Thank you. Uh, we're gonna have a giveaway. We are. Uh, what about last month's have... giveaway? Did you do? Uh, yeah, gonna, yeah, we got that coming. We're gonna have oh. two giveaways actually this month, and we're pulling for. Not wait. Let me start over. I'm like, where the hell did I put it? I got so much shit over here. It's a dork <laughs> All right, Scott, we're going to do our giveaway before we go into some anything else. And last episode's giveaway was for Fay Ray from Pestilence Labs and Mark Worthling. So Ooh, you, had, you said Worthling. Hold on. I said Worthling. Drink up. Yep. All right. Pulling for names. Here we go. Stormheart 911, unmodified, Bay Ray. There we go. All right, so he's got that one. So now we're pulling for the modified. Buck St. Bucky. Buck St. Bucky. So there we go. That's what we got. All right. All right, so you guys need to get a hold of Jason by email. Yes, email, please. Email. Um, we, we have a problem getting uh, last... last last episode's winner he sent us a private message <laughs> and i don't see those often which again jason never checks because <laughs> that control issues and won't let me check them so uh it took a while to get that going and actually we're filming this on august 26th but it will be well in the mail to you brian by then because it's going in the mail tomorrow <laughs> that's that's on me a little bit yeah. but, uh, uh model club tv at gmail.com send me the email winners and i will get that stuff out to you awesome thanks again to mark Worthling. Yes. 
um, for donating those two kits and making me pay for mine. For Mark Worthling. And uh, yeah, oh, Worthling, Worthling, Worthling. Okay. So we have two giveaways this episode. Scott, talk about your first one. Our first giveaway is sculpted by Jeff Yeager. Not that we ever say his name on here. <laughs> and it's from Monsters from the Woods. And you will get a casting um, of the Mr. Hyde quarter scale bust. And I have to say, um, John sent me the mold for this to uh, cast a few of them up. And I hadn't bought one. And he sent me a base and said, just cast yourself one, which I did. And this thing is really nice. It is really a nice bus. So um, he sent me another base and said, give one away. So I will cast up a Mr. Hyde. Thank you, and John Deary. Thank you very much. John Deary, Monsters from the Woods. Uh, you can catch him on Facebook as well. And we just talked about the mummy he released, I think, two episodes ago. Yeah. Seen some really nice paint jobs on that, too, that mm -hmm. I should have actually mm -hmm. but um and he's got that curse of the werewolf i know the mold is done and on the way to him oh and, uh, let's put that picture up and uh yeah and that's got a lot of miles uh yeah logged on that bus that's for <laughs> sure so um that's that's so, good that that's finally coming out so that'll be coming out and thank you again john deary the second giveaway we have comes from and there's paperwork involved in this one so a while back, uh, Heng, I, I hope I'm saying that correctly, Heng, is short for Henry or Henri in Luxembourg, Luxembourg. And I never thought in a million years that doing this stupid podcast that somebody from Luxembourg would send us a kit to give away, let alone watch this show and feel the need to even reach out to us. So Heng Hilger, thank you so much for sending what you sent. This cost you a pretty penny to get here. And it is a really cool Thor kit. And I'm going to put some pictures up that he sent along with it. Um, this was his first kit that he ever made. Now he speaks like Luxembourgish. I found out. <laughs> um, and he kind of, so is that a language or is that German? That's it is not German. And we've, he got me. He, I'm going to edit that out because it is not German. Luxembourgish is different than German. Hey, hey, whoa. Easy. So he goes, most people think we're from German. So no. All right. So I'm going to read kind of what he said. You read Luxembourg? No, he sent it in English. So I don't speak <laughs> Luxembourgish. He's much better at English than I am, I think. So anyway. Uh, my dog is better at English. I know. That's why I knew you were coming. So I made my Thor, made with Thor my very first one six scale kit. Uh, I'm in a crazy club of builders, crazy club of builders. So often I produce kits on demand. If there are 30 or 50 that come together, I'll go. The club is going, is dying, but he loves producing, etc. So he made a kit. And this first one that he made was this Thor kit. After two years of creating Thor, I wasn't able to cast myself. So I was looking for external casting. Well, here in Europe, garage kits are not the thing. So I found a professional in Paris. He was willing to do the 124th and the 16 scale kit. My thought mini was metal. So he made this kit. He's not happy with the engineering. He's working on it. He's going to come back out in a bust maybe, but he has a bunch of these left over uh, as well. If you're interested in getting this kit on your own, after we give this one away, you can contact uh, Hang Hilger and I'll put it up in the, in the information below. 
He's on Facebook, or I'll put his email up as well. Uh, but I think it's easier to get a hold of him on Facebook. Uh, he has some other really cool stuff coming out. I'll throw some of these pictures up as well. He's making an offer. He said, let's make Thor 120, including shipping, valuable for one month after the announcement with the code word Luxembourg. So if you tell him Luxembourg and you saw this on Model Club TV, 120 shipped for this kit is pretty cool. So real quick, just to get an idea how big it actually is, this is the cape. Okay, and I don't want to unwrap all the pieces. Okay, there's the cape. Solid resin. It's heavy. It, 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 Jason stopped by my house with this, and he was so excited to show me. And um, it's it heavy. Is, yeah, this is and, a big chunk of resin here that um, this gentleman sent us, and we really, really appreciate yeah. it. So, so there's the body. I mean, this is solid resin, and it's a really cool off weird color that Normally it wouldn't do that, but I think his, I guess some of the problems they were having was the way the kits engineered, which I could see that's a weird seam to take care of, but this is a great Thor kit. And if you're really interested in it again, hang Hilder Helger on Facebook. And there's a lot, there's 22 parts to this kit. And I, I, I couldn't be more blown away that someone would send this to us. So thank you so much, hang. And wow. Now, how do we give this stuff away? For the Thor, this is only North American people because we don't want to send it back across the pond. If Hang has them for sale over there, it's a lot cheaper for them to get to you that way. So please, if you're over here in the States, Canada, you know, if Canada's, yeah. So please, only enter for the Thor kit if you're over here in the States. In the comments below, favorite comic book character or your favorite Thor moment from a movie or a comic, put it in there and just say Thor and we'll get you entered for the Thor kit. Um, or if you just want to say you're a fine Norwegian like me, yes, um, fine Norwegian. we'll also put you in. So. so the whole list of facts he sent us about Luxembourg, I'm going to save for emails. So, all right. Comments below, favorite Thor thing or anything, comments get you into the Thor contest. Scott? For yours? For the Mr. Hyde bust, you have to comment below which of us is Dr. Jekyll and which of us is Mr. Hyde. That's pretty good. And you will automatically be entered. If you want to be in both, just put both in one of those. Yeah. Or leave two comments. We or like leave comments. two comments and make it more work for me. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, again, relinquish some control, freak. All right, the workbench. Dun, 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 dun. No, you're supposed to usually do the. You know, I didn't do my news and reviews. You didn't. You didn't. You, didn't. Well, you let good. us down. You okay. got a lot of order. <laughs> Here's all the pictures of my workbench this episode. I actually have painted something bronzed. I'll put the pictures there. Um, and there is tons of sanding stuff going on on my other bench. That's what I've noticed about 3D printing. There is a lot of sanding. <laughs> and it's like constant white dust over there. So is that one kit you have there, the one you got from um, Ed Bradley? Uh, on my desk, yeah. Right here. Next to the, um, uh, whatchamacallit, Castle Marais. Right here. Yes. Yep. 
So I remember you had broke apart. Did you print it and fit it back in? So you know. I did his arms. See, that's why his arms gray. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So another advantage to digital printing is Jason, you damaged it or it came damaged? It came uh, damaged when I, from Wonderfest, somehow I lost a finger. So rather than Ed print up another one and send J- send it to Jason and eat the postage, uh, he sent him the file for um, yeah, just, just the, arm. the arm. Yeah. And uh, Jason printed up the arm and there you go. Yeah, it was cool. It worked. So that's my workbench. I just, yeah, sanding <laughs> and painting a little bit. So this turned out really good, though. I'm happy with the way this darkness. I actually, yeah. And that last picture shows yeah. it better, but it did come out really good. And... Looking pretty good. Um, what that's my been... buddy, Jim. He's going to get that. So what I've been doing, and I won't waste a lot of time on it because I know you guys are all tired of seeing it. But our friend Jamie Sai printed this base for this Looney Tunes piece I'm doing. And so while I'm printing other things, I'll throw like an arm in here or whatever. But today I put the whole coyote back end in here and I'm just slowly printing up the figures that that go on this. So uh, for people who don't know, how many figures are in that? Okay. So this was available on CG Trader to buy. I think it is 62 pieces when it's all said and done. And it's going to have. (laughs) That's a lot of pieces. Yeah, um, and it's going to have well, like so the coyote himself. Now he's under the anvil. The coyote himself is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pieces. So oh, okay. So we have the Roadrunner and Coyote. So that's two. Bugs is three. Marvin the Martian four. Elmer Fudd five. Daffy Duck, Tweety, Sylvester, Tasmanian Devil, and Porky Pig. So about ten. Did I do that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes, you did. So yeah, there's ten um ten figures. That's a lot of work. So and, question uh, is Yeah, Jamie saved me a ton of resin by filament printing this base. And what's funny is when I gave it gave him the file for the base, um I said print it at seventy five percent. And he's like, Sure you don't want to go hundred. And I'm like no. And, and again, I'm going to show you this. I okay. told you I would have won 100. <laughs> but no, because these figures are getting huge. Okay. This thing is like as big as my head. All right. Yeah, but just think how cool that would be. It's still going to be cool. 100. When you really look at it. It's ginormous. You just finish it, walk into the kitchen, the drop duck. it on the kitchen table and go. This is the head for the Daffy Duck. and That's a good a- size. It is. That, that's a nice size. Yeah. So, um, well, that's cool. My question to you, though, is have you thought about painting it? Are you going to paint it, paint it, paint it, or just kind of bronze it like I cheated with the darkness? You know, this this thing looks really cool. I think I want to paint it, paint it. Okay. Uh, it would look cool bronzed, but it, it's just, there's so much stuff going on. It, it's kind yeah, of almost right. a shame to bronze it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It makes sense. So, um, you know, there's just, there's a lot of detail. Like, this is the coyote, and you don't really even see this from the front, but this is his back end that is under the anvil. And just look at the claws, and, and you can see some of the support marks. Mm-hmm. But, um, and also, and it's unfortunate you can't see it, but the way this printed, I can see it. Let me, let me do it this way. See the light between the toes? Yeah. Look at the foot. 
Okay. So as a caster, is that possible to cast that way? Ish, maybe. Yeah, but eventually you'd lose your silicone in that in that yeah. little bit of a place. You might get a few of them to, to come out, but you know. Yeah. And then if you just look at just the um, well, like in this case, these are his knees, the little fur tufts. Yeah. Okay. And I'm trying to turn this around. Okay, but and the nails. Okay. This is all stuff that, it, as a caster, is a pain in the ass. Okay, and if you were casting this, I'm sorry, I'm off. Like you'd almost have to cast this in separate pieces. The tail would have to be separate and everything. And this was all cast in just one piece. Cool. So, um, so that's coming along, and uh, and I'm still 3D printing. If you look at my Facebook page, you'll see that um, you know I'm I'm still printing cartoon characters, and I. Um, I'm, we'll put the picture up here. One of the guys I um, buy stuff from just uh, put out an adamant, and uh, I like. I love it. He's on the end of a pencil here, and uh, at first I'm like, "Why is the big A textured?" And then I realized it's a book, so it's like he's <laughs> coming off of a book or whatever. But uh, yeah, adamant, and you know, I love my cartoon stuff. Yeah, but what I have done is I have. I'm going to look right now in my 3D model wish list. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen things in my. But until I print what I have, I'm not buying any more. I did the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I signed up for three Patreons in the last day. So I'm $30 in and I'm trying to download everything. I just, as this show is going on, I'm still in the, I just downloaded 17 gigs from the one Patreon for this month of files. There's a bunch of other stuff and I haven't painted anything and I'm just making a pile. So it's, I'm dumb, but I feel like I'm going to miss out on something, which is, I think the downfall to 3d printing for me is it is so much like my video game collection. Whereas, and I think I mentioned this on the other up, like Steam. You don't know what this is because you don't have a PC that you play games on. So Steam is a platform where you can buy video games. Mm -hmm. And you play your games through there. And they have summer sale. They have a Christmas sale. And video games eventually drop down to being like $5. That used to be 50 Or they're down to a dollar when they were 10 and I just go, oh, I'll get that. I'll get that. I'll play that one day. I'm up to 500 video games on my computer on my Steam account that I've never <laughs> even played. And now it's the same thing with STL files. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'll get that. That's cool. I'll get that. And it, oh, it's five bucks. It's five bucks. It's $10. It's a dollar. Like, it's free. Great. I'll take that. And it's, I already, today I was like, I need to go get an external hard drive just for STL files. <laughs> It's I never price. thought of that, but yeah. yeah. And, In case um, something happens. Now I might buy, or I might buy one at a time because uh, the one gentleman's files that I've been buying, and I'll, I'll show this. And the hat's got a lot of dimples, but um, yeah, dude, what is that? Oh my god, ah, it's a pin cushion. But that's but that'll sand out easy. What yeah, people yeah, don't realize yeah. is that'll yeah. sand out. And this is a hard piece to print. Yeah. Okay, if you look at that hat. Yeah, it's okay. And I actually hollowed out um part of it just the hat part the cone part yeah okay and you know like a dummy because you know i'm not very smart sometimes 
Okay. I actually should have printed it with the supports in here because this is the part you don't see. And one of the things you do is when you 3D print, for those that don't know, so this is Speedy Gonzalez's head, right? Okay. And there's no supports here because they're all in the back. Yeah. So the idea is if you can orient it to try to print it. So when you do have supports, it's on the back. And I'm still learning supports. And, you know, but I look at this and say, I can sand those out really quick. I'm still learning other brands of resin, apparently, which has not been Uh, a fun week for me. Apparently, (laughs) you're not learning. No, I'm not. um, I don't know what's wrong. But so I'm. I mean, in fact, I can't wait to get done with this show because I've got a print downstairs. I got to go see if it came out. No wonder you're talking fast. But the um, so I'm almost done with that series of Looney Tunes characters until that gentleman puts out some more. And I have a few more from this other gentleman that just put out the Adamant. And um, I want to con- contact him. And if it's OK with him, I'll show his work next episode. OK. Um, like we did uh, Diego last episode. Um, you know what we should do? These are guys that do the best work, as far as I'm concerned, so far that I've seen. Here's what we need to do. You are the people person of this outfit. And you, you know how to talk to people. In person. On here, I'm great. In real life, I suck. You should see if you can get one of those sculptors to come on. And talk to us. See if they'd come on. I'd love to have somebody on. So, we'll I'll see if see that happens. Right on it. Okay. Um, and another thing I've noticed, and, and tell me if you've noticed this, and, and, and again, I don't want to get too deep into 3D printing because I'm sure people are tired of hearing about it. <laughs> but even, you know, though I'm having a high level of success, you know, 3D printing is kind of like a batting average where, like, you're going to have failed. Like, you know, 300 is a good batting average, which is really only 30% of the time. Now, 3D printing is a little better, but I'd say 3D printing, if you get to 80 or 90%, you're doing pretty good. I was at 99% with for a mm. little while there, and then trying out this new resin, I'm at zero, or 0. .01. And, and the point I'm, I'm about to get to is, so, and, and this is, I'm just going to show, this is the Daffy Duck body, and you see some nice detail on the shoulders and, and, and all that, right? This looks like he's got boobs, though. It does. But, um, so the bad thing about this is sometimes with these pieces, and, and again, when you see stuff like these tufts of hair and stuff, and you know, and sculptors have done this for years in the garage, years in the garage kid hobby. They don't sculpt with the caster in mind sometimes. Okay. Some do, but sometimes they just say, yeah, it's your problem. You worry about it. Yeah. Okay. And so I look at it and go, do you realize sometimes even with 3D printing, like the Speedy Gonzalez and the Bugs Bunny have whiskers? Okay. And I can't tell you how many times I've tried to print these freaking whiskers and they just <laughs> they don't come out. They're too or thin. it works. And then when you're sanding, they break yeah. because you pop them off on now, accident. Now I've been very careful with this little piece, and this is the Tweety that goes in Sylvester's hands. Okay, you see how small this is? <laughs> Notice the supports are still on there because. I, I wanted to be able to say, well, look at those hairs on the head. Yep. Feathers. Now, when I printed that, you see how I oriented that, right? Yep. Okay, so there were no wait, support. No, wait. Nope, there you go. Okay, yeah, let me get where it's where you can see it, though. There were no supports. For those that know about 3D printing, 
There were no supports. There might have been one small support on one of them that I carefully got off of there. But this isn't a safe place because I know the second I drop it, I'm going to break those fucking hairs off and have to reprint him. So he's in a nice yeah. safe place for right now. But so it's one of those pluses of 3D printing, but one of those minuses of 3D printing too. And yeah. that is if you do get something to come out like that. My thing that I've found where people aren't thinking of the printer when they're sculpting is I find a ton of errors in the STL file, in the model itself that mm. make it impossible to print it after you've bought it or something like, Oh, this is hollow when it it's been a mess. Some of them have a lot of like problems with it, but Scott, we have our first guest workbench workbencher. All that. Um, and here it is. Hobby workbench. All right, everybody. We're back for our first, we're trying this out. Our guest workbench. We're going to come up with a better name. We're going to come up with a better name. So um, put some co- some ideas for that down below for this segment. Uh, Gary Buck, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. I think I think the idea that we had, too, was uh, Gary's got a lot of cool shit, and we're going to show it. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's in two good. waves, you know, and, and it's, it's all inspired by a lot of our heroes in what we do in the resin uh, community, right? Like way back, like in the 80s and the 90s, like all those guys, you know, the, you know, the, the Gabe Pernas and Takays and the Naraswas and Creature Features back in Burbank going the first time. Mike Parks, God love him, right? Yeah. And all those great pieces. And I was really on the early part of it. And I remember the first Sideshow pieces, been inspired by that. And even before that, we all have back the Aurora days and all that shit. But listen, man, the resin community is a unique animal and we know it. And some of those gems are hard to find anymore, right? They really, yep. really are. And some of us have them and we haven't been showing them. And I'm one of those guys. <laughs> cool. So where uh, are you first? Where are you at for everybody? Well, right now I'm in, I'm in my, uh, my studio in Three Rivers, Michigan, which is just south of Kalamazoo. And it's, it's the oldest studio that I have. I have two studios, one here and one in Florida. And, and the Florida one, because I'm from Chicago, Love Chicago, and I recently relocated <laughs> down to Clearwater Beach. During I, the I think that's everybody's dream to go to Florida after. Chicago. Listen, it's it's got its it's got its pros and cons like everything else. But I was able to grab all my stuff finally and kind of in two spaces. I've had a couple homes and stashed away, and right, you have our boxes that we need to get open and just display the shit so you know what you got. So you can like one day you wake up, you like you're inspired to paint something or build something. And sometimes I have one or two pieces that I'm building at the same time. I don't paint for weeks. I don't paint, but I always have something going on as we all do. Like, uh-huh. look at your space behind you. My God, oh, it's, a, it's a mess. <laughs> but we love it being a mess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm inspired by it. My uh, my hero artist is Alexander Calder. And if you ever go and look at his studio, it's how it's like how my brain is. And it's just stuff everywhere. And I, I just love seeing that kind of thing. Okay, show us what you got. Take us on our little tour. I thought I would um, see if we can do it this way. I don't have like a handheld camera, but um, there's some really cool pieces here. The the the, I'll try this. See how that goes. Just you see those pieces at all? Can you you catch any of that? I see an Elagor in there. Right, right. That's one of my favorites. You know that Jack the Giant Killer was one of the first pieces I grabbed early on at Creature Features. the of course everybody's crazy about 
the one six scale time machine piece, which is really cool, right? Which is built very, very early on. The moving over here, if you see this, this is a really old piece. I've never seen more than once, which is the Predator and the Throne. Oh yeah, I remember that. Okay. You see that? Yep. That that's really vintage shit. The very early alien pile, of course. Yeah. I have yeah, I have one of those. <laughs> you know, the, the big that. the big wrap. Of course, an original big wrap, not Excellent. a Excellent. That's that's hard to find when you have an original. Somebody that has an original, original one. Yep. I mean, you know, the Mike Parts, again, Mike Parts pieces here, you know, these small little Mike Parts pieces, right? You got obviously the sitting hell. I always love the future pieces. Yep. I don't know how you, you guys see that. I'm okay? a, yeah, yep. we're seeing that one because now you're on an angle. That's the angle I was talking about. Like, oh, there you go. Yep. Right. Some I'm of these, a huge these, future guy. So I, yeah. Huge. Oh. I sold that kit once. The 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 oh the horseman of the apocalypse one. Yeah, so th that's yeah. Hogan's Hogan's bones, right? Yeah, Bob I had Bagey. that and sold it. Bob Baggy, man, I love yeah. love all of his pieces. I think I've tried to get every single one of his pieces possibly, including the Cathoga. Yeah, right. You know, they're really early. Like that's the first series yep. of the future. You know, Frankenstein and the chains. You know, you got you got the future piece, obviously, there, and you got you got you know the sitting hell, obviously, and and when Janice first came out with their pieces, it's crazy, right? Okay, yep. so that's that is what it is, right? Early piece of a place called Dark Carnival. Yeah, remember oh, yeah. those guys, UK based guys, right? Okay. And this is a this is a piece that actually I did um, that I went to Wonderfest with very early on. Um, always a really cool thing. I'm, I'm cruising over here, man. And these are some unfinished pieces. Another Mike Parks piece, the the swamp, swamp thing, Mike Parks. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think I've ever seen, seen that. that. So he did it as a shadow box. So, and here I lit it. I don't know if you see that. Oh, you got to get closer. You got to get closer. <laughs> Can you? Oh, wow. That's a really cool presentation. That's nice. I don't think I've ever seen that Mike Parks. Mike, Mike Parks shadow box. I think it's the only shadow box he ever did. Right. Yeah, the, um, I know I haven't seen that before. You know, and this, you know, of course, some of these pieces, a lot of guys have these pieces, but, you know, this is another really weird piece here. And this, here's what I, I got this as a, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. Right. This, this was, I got this as a, an award for when I submitted the fat frog robot to Terry and David. Um, and it was showcased in AFM. And in addition, I, I won like second place or something out of it. You're killing and me, man. That's I. The two kits I regret selling. You just pointed out. I sold my fat frog, and I sold that horse. Ah, oh. right. Yep. This is another really cool piece here. I mean, the Moonslinger I haven't built yet. I mean, yeah. again, these are decades old, right? Yeah. But you know, here, here's what I wanted to show you guys is this. This is this is a huge um working animatronic war machine that i built 15 years ago and <laughs> it's really quite amazing to me and i don't know how you can see it there you see the size of it at all uh -huh. right oh it's huge and um what i'm gonna do with this is it's been sitting here in my in this space for quite some time i haven't seen too many guys do this but it actually works if you want to spend a minute and see how it does it sure go ahead
Come on, man. That's awesome. That is really cool. How long yeah. did that take? Like, how long were you working on that? You know, the piece was really rough. You know, it was a fiberglass shell. It was a kit at one time. And um, finding the guys that helped me anim- animatronic it, you know, and get it right was very tricky. Uh, and I found a guy to help me, like, go through the board and program it like that. And it works like that every time. It's really cool, though. It is animatronic. The, 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 the servo is dead on it right uh-huh. now. But um, it, it's, it's pretty, like, pretty legit. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Everybody should have one in their bathroom. I, I think so. <laughs> Um, oh man! All right, here here's another piece I want to show you guys. Um, we got, got a minute. We got a minute. <laughs> I was telling David about this piece the other day because I'm confused on how to paint it, and and the trick about it, and I'm not sure anybody has seen this before. I'm going to put you back over here on this table and underneath it. You see this? This is let's try if this is any better here. Is that any better? Yeah, that looks. So, yeah. It is. The from Prometheus yep. from the mor- or from Alien even yes, but it's really from Prometheus okay. where what's really badass about it and it's and it's all um, silicone is it opens. Oh wow! <laughs> and it's his head. Yeah. Right, and. And I, so, you know who Thomas Kubler is? I think so. Wait. So he's done, he's done a lot of the, um, like, if you see, like, uh, a Guillermo del Toro, like his, oh, yeah. his yep. home where he has all these freaks. Yes. And I, yes. Yep. I know you're talking about. And he's that guy. That's, and I, I, have, I bought a couple of his pieces over the years. Mm-hmm. And I've never painted latex or silicone like this. Very tricky. Yeah, so it's like the he he gave me a couple links um, that I can share with you guys, and I'm going to try to start experimenting with it. But it kind of comes down to the strategy of you paint silicone with silicone, right? Yeah, right. Yep. You know, and um, so I was. This is my next workshop. <laughs> this is my on my table right now. <laughs> so that is an awesome work. You know what would be really cool? Document for the us for that. Like document yeah. that, and then that we'll just come back cool. and and we'll keep checking in on you. And tell yeah. us how you did it, because I'd love to know how to do silicone. I know yeah. um, Distortion does this uh, latex one. He he talks about yeah. how to do latex masks, but I haven't seen silicone one somewhere yet. So that'd be awesome. And I don't even that'd know, really like cool. you know, like there's like grades of this shit too, right? It's like you know, there's like yeah, so, like I don't know if it's like 
if it can take acrylic or not. I don't think so. So I got to no. figure that out. You know. Have That's you guys awesome. painted masks a lot at all? I have not. I have not. I, I was I, seriously. I got a form right up there. I was going to start trying to do it. Here's my friend, the engineer. <laughs> this head's almost as big as it, mine. It's Gary with the engineer <laughs> saying thank you to you guys. Oh, um, that's awesome. Gary, this is great. And I love this idea. So we're going to keep doing this. Yeah. This is really, really cool. When you get down to your other place, other, too. I have a bunch of other crazy stuff, too, in my other place. And it's, you know, it's, it's a thrill to share it with anybody that really cares. We know the feeling because most people don't give a shit <laughs> in your family. Yeah. So a small group of people, we have a lot of talent and we try, it's hard to share it in the right way. Yeah, and we have I, a group and you know, it's, it's cool to do. And I appreciate what you guys have been doing. I really well, thank do. You. Thank you. Thank you very much. It, it's, I get that. I'll go, I can hear her walking above me. I'll go up and show her and she'll just give me like, Oh, look at this. Look what I did. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going through that. When I print something, I show the wife. Look at that. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, but like, you know, it's a good it's a good idea to do like the tutorials like, you know, like AFM does where, you know, they have a and those are hard to do. I mean, I've submitted a few of those and they're really hard, man. You get the right picture and the right wording and a small amount of space. Yeah, it's better. That's the one. And well, that's the one good thing of about about it being digital. Now, the articles can be longer. Yeah. And you can get more in there and you're not kind of nailing things down to just like four 15 pictures. I still like the sexy magazine though. (laughs) It is. I I agree. I agree. Well, thank you, Gary. This is like, seriously, thank you for reaching out. Cause it's one of those things I kind of thought about and we needed somebody to push us into it. So anything I can do, man, I'll keep, I'll keep sending you some stuff and you guys keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll have you on again when you're back in Florida. (laughs) Dude, when I'm, I'm telling you, man, I got some, I got some pretty cool. and, And recently, like, I've bought some things and, you know, I know people haven't, they haven't seen them live because they're really pricey and they're hard to get, right? They go quick. Yeah. You know, they make, some guys make five to six of these things. They're like crazy. That's been the kind of the whole thing that our whole, our whole time doing this, that they vanish. And if you can get one early, it's magical for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. That's, I don't even play around anymore. If there's something out there I want. Yeah. Correct. I buy it because I know the day is going to come where I'm not going to be able to get it. And so hold on a minute. Speaking of that, I think Jeff Yeager just released the um, the cover of the Frank of the famous Monster magazine. I snatched it right House away. Of blood. Yeah. Yes. House of blood. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it like that, dude. I woke up on Sunday morning. I saw it and I just bought it. I said, you know what? That's going to be that's going to be rare in four one four scale. With Peter Cushing's head on the silver (laughs) platter. God bless Peter Cushing. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Oh, man. Thanks, Gary. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. You too. All right. If you would like to be a guest on the workbench segment, send us an email and we'll just do a quick Zoom with you, record, share your workbench, show us what you're working on. We'll maybe do one an episode. So I will reach out and try and figure out with you uh, when we can schedule that. And just do a quick we'll 10 call minutes. it viewers workbench. Viewers workbench. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, we're 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 building this plane as we're flying it. So I'm an idea man. Our guest this week, the Honorable George Stevenson. Uh, Judge George. Judge George. We uh second set returning guest, kind of, but the first official Model Club TV 
Last time it was for WannaFest, and this time he came to talk about Blackheart and stuff coming around these days, and here it is. Now we're back with George Stevenson. George, how are you tonight? I'm doing fine. Good to Be- see you, fellas. Good to see you, too. See you. Uh, busy year for you, huh? Crazy, crazy. <laughs> I'm supposed to be retired right now. I was but, just gonna uh, say, I am sorry. Yeah, that you I, was are supposed not. To, I was supposed to retire in March, but because of the pandemic, we have a huge backlog in the court. We also have a ton of new judges because we had a lot of retirements the last few years, and um, there are thousands of cases waiting for trial in our just in our district. Yeah. And uh, it's a nightmare, but, but we're working through it. I just didn't feel like now was a good time for me to retire. I'm the senior, I'm the second most senior judge in our district. And I just figured, you know, I can, I can stick it out another year. Yeah. It's been, it has not been fun. I can tell you that. <laughs> no, it hasn't. And I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I just found out I'm tied for senior teacher in my building which is bizarre to me. Thank you for all you do and, you know, for real world stuff and for this hobby. Um, when we had you on last time, it was for want of us. So that was over a year ago. And we talked a lot about geometric and how that came about. But I do want to talk about the history of Blackheart, your new venture. Not so new anymore, but um, Blackheart, where did it come from? So, uh... I sold Geometric in 2003, summer of 2003, and basically was just done with the hobby. Um, trying to learn how to be a judge, manage that caseload and stuff. And uh, in 2008, um, yeah, I kept in touch with Joe Simon, who sculpted a number of pieces for Geometric. Uh, I kept in touch with Mark Brokaw, who did a lot of molding for Geometric. And then my, uh, my girlfriend, um, Claudia, um, all three of them started kind of hitting me up saying, hey, you know, don't you miss doing this? Don't you miss do- you know, making garage kits, resin kits? Uh, and Claudia would say, you know, I never see you as happy talking about anything as when you're talking about, you know, making monster models. And so that was at the end of 2008. In January of 2009, I had a conversation with Joe Simon and Mark Brokaw, and both of them were saying, man, you should get back in this. And uh, I had just gotten, well, my daughter bought me a Santa Claus for Christmas, about a 12-inch Santa Claus, because I collect, I used to collect black Santa Clauses. Um, but the one she got me wasn't black, it was white. And she said, you got to paint it. And so I got out, I got out my paint and I started painting it. And it was the first thing I had painted in a long time. And I had so much fun that when Joe Simon and, and Claudia and Mark Brokaw started pushing me about producing a kit, it kind of made me hungry to do that. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to do what geometric was supposed to do, but never did do. And that is just be a, small time hobby enterprise that'll just kind of, you know, produce stuff that I want for myself. And maybe there will be some other people that'll buy it. And so I won't lose any money. (laughs) And so I decided to do it. And 
That's how Blackheart was born. That was January of 2009. And so I got Joe Simon to sculpt our first two pieces. Um, oh, and the other thing, I, I also collected African masks. And I had them, I, I got uh, the room I'm in right now is about a 1200 square foot room. It's my upstairs and one wall um, had, was covered with African masks. And uh, there was a, a pumpkin head mask in there. There's an actual pour from the original pumpkin head mold. And uh, Mike Wojcik had painted it for me and it was mixed in with the mask. And whenever people would come and look at my mask collection, they'd see pumpkin. Head, like, what, what the heck is that? <laughs> and so I always wanted to kind of get a couple of other monster faces in there. And so uh, I decided, well, you know, maybe I'll make my own. And that's why I decided to do wall hangers. My, my, my girlfriend also had the idea that I should do it that way. And so that's where it came from. I, go big or go home. I uh, love that. Go big or go home, right? <laughs> right. So, so we did, uh, Joe Simon did Mr. Hyde and Medusa. And in May of that year, 2009, we did Wonderfest. And people really liked them, but we didn't sell a whole lot because people weren't into stuff that big or that price. You know, it was almost, they were almost 200 bucks. And people were intimidated. Um, to, you know, paint something that big and that expensive. They didn't think they could make them look good. And so we struggled for that first year. And I, I said, you know, so we put out, Mr. Hyde, we put out Medusa. Let's put out a couple more. Let's do the Terminator and let's do the thing. Let's see. Let's, you know, that's a nice little variety. Terminator's popular. Terminator was one of the worst sellers we had. <laughs> I don't know. And I couldn't understand that because it was a pretty good sculpture. Um, so we went to Wonderfest in 2010 and I hit Dan Jorgensen up. I said, Hey man, you know, you're doing, you're doing an airbrushing class with Badger, right? He said, yeah. I said, have you decided what kit you're going to do for your, for your class? I said, cause if you haven't, why don't you use one of mine? And he had already decided what they were going to do. And so we went back to the show we did okay at the show, but Two, after two years, I was like, man, this is, this is stupid. What, you know, you know this, I'm losing money here. It's not even paying for my hobby. And so I decided, well, let's give it one more year. And so in Wonderfest of 2011, we showed up uh, with the Predator, Wallhang. And that was... That was it. That was it. Boom. <laughs> We, we, uh, I was driving my dad's Cadillac because he, he, was, he had gotten ill and um, he let me use his car and he had a big Coupe de Ville. And so um, I was on the way to Wonderfest from St. Paul, we stopped in Elgin to pick up castings from Acme. And they gave us all these predators. Claudia had predators on her lap from Elgin, <laughs> Louisville. <laughs> we, got, we had about 20 of them. I got to pee. Just hold on, baby. <laughs> right. Hold on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so, but we had a great show. The predator made all the difference. All of a sudden, people knew who we were. Um, I'm trying Where did to the Curse of the Werewolf come in? Wasn't that in that time period, too? That, was, that was the next year. That was the next one. Okay. 
So uh, the other thing, so Predator was big, but the other thing that was big was we um, got Dan Jorgensen to use two of our kits for their airbrushing class. And they used uh, The Thing and Mr. Hyde. And I think they had like 30 something people in the class. And those people got in there and had fun with it. It demystified the whole idea, you know, yeah, you can't, you know, painting something life-size is a lot tougher. Um, but it got people, also got people turned on the airbrush. And so um, a lot of the people who took the class came over to our table and, and bought another one. Sometimes they bought two. Yeah. So yeah, we had a really good show. And that's when we, that's when things started really looking up for us. The next year, Jorgensen decided that they weren't going to do the class. And so Ken from Badger and I jumped in and we took it. And that was the next big step. Every show we went to for the next three or four years, we did an airbrushing class. And so we immediately had at least 20 sales through the class. Mm-hmm. And people who came over after the class to, to buy another one. And that really turned things around for us. So that's how I got started. I, the fact that it all starts with African masks <laughs> warms my heart because I like being born on Halloween. I collect masks as well. Anything like I'll, I don't have a giant wall, but I do have some of, Af- but P- Picasso was inspired by African masks as well. And so really? was George Stevenson. So yeah, a lot of his paintings, yeah. that's where those original, wow. why he started moving things around. Cause he, cause if you look at some of his paintings, they have like some of the triangle shapes and the dots and the patterns that a lot of those masks do. So the fact that you and Picasso <laughs> were inspired by the same spot, right. it's, it's a little crazy. Yeah. Um, George Stevenson, the Picasso of the garage. Hey, that's where we are. At this. Listen, I, I, I couldn't draw a potato. What are you talking about? You, you could. He's going from the Godfather to the Picasso. <laughs> so that's really cool. I love to hear backstories like that. Um, you're one of the only people that I see at other shows besides Wonderfest. And yep. I want to commend you for that because, and not like I have a place to commend people, but it also warms my heart to know that you're reaching out to everyone and to see you at Adepticon, to see you at MaskFest, to see you at other places that some of these guys never go to, to show them garage kit. Right. Um, yep. How have you been received at some of those other shows? I know sometimes it's not great, but there must, there has to be at least one person that was there was like, oh my God. And G-Fest as well. Uh, yeah. To be like, hey, this stuff's really cool. I never knew this existed. Do you have any stories like that? Or is it just kind of like, that stuff sucks. We don't want to even oh, bother. Oh, no, people dig it. Now, they, they don't all, if those, those miniature shows, shows that are not garage kit shows, uh, we may not sell as many of the, the life-size pieces. Um, but now that we're doing the Micromania line, we sell a lot of that stuff. And so that makes those shows good for us. Um, the Micromania thing, were you at, uh, what was the big show downtown Chicago? About four yeah, five Yeah, we were. The, oh, the Hobby the, Expo. Hob- no, it was the World was Miniature. World, world Figure. World Figure something. Hobby Expo. Yeah. 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 So that was the show where we first did small scale busts. We went there. I think we had four. We had the four generic uh, monsters, the werewolf, Frankenstein's monster, the vampire, and the mummy. 
And we went there because I knew that that wasn't going to be a show where people were going to buy the big stuff. I don't think we, we sold any of the big stuff, but we sold a ton of those little guys. And it was kind of funny because people would walk by the table and they go, well, oh, that, that's pretty cool. How much is that? 25 bucks? Here, let me get a couple of those. <laughs> yeah. And it was that way all weekend. It was really cool. And then we decided, you know what? Our big stuff is too expensive and too intimidating still for some people. So, and kids, young people aren't going to be able to spend 200, 250 bucks on, on our stuff. So let's have some cheap stuff, 20 to $30. And so that's when we started the Micromania line of busts. And uh, eventually I got in touch with Al, the uh, current owner of Geometric. And I said, hey man, you know, you haven't done, I said, are you still in business? And he was like, yeah, yeah, well, you know, you know, the fire, blah, 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 you know, I'm fighting with the insurance company, blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah, I, I intend to come back, you know, next year. I said, do you intend to do anything with the Micromania figures, that line? And he said, no, nah, we never did any business with those. I said, then you won't have any problem with me picking, picking those up? And he said, go ahead, you do whatever you want. I said, because, you know, there, there are royalties due, and I, I paid one of the sculptor's royalties because, you know, he was hot about not getting royalties and he thought you were still selling them. And so he said, no, go ahead, do your thing. And so I decided to do the first six that we produced of that Micromania figure line, figuring I'm going to slowly start adding to it. And so we've been doing that. Now. Um, but, but, those things have, have done really well. I noticed that we're the only vendor that's doing miniatures of, of movie monsters. Which is shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And so, yeah, that, that has been really good. And now when we go to shows, there, one of the cool things that happened was guy, people who bought the small stuff, or, you know, they'd start buying a lot of them. And then after a while, they're like, you know what? I want to try one of these big ones. And so we'd start getting some of those folks, some of the miniaturists buying the bigger stuff. So that's been good. Well, that, I mean, that's not surprising to me because that's my path. Mm -hmm. You were from down here. I used to go to Don's Hobby World every day yep. and buy miniatures. And eventually I saw Screaming and Geometric like model kids mm -hmm. in his shop. And I was like, these are pretty cool. I could try and paint those. And I think a lot of people are on that path now. Um, for those people, producers, that you're shocked that don't sell miniatures or, or even think about it, could you explain to them, and maybe com coming from me, it doesn't have as much weight, but coming from you, could you explain to them how many people are at Adepticon? Like, the size of that show? So, as I understand it, a big show... A, 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 a well-attended show at Wonderfest is about 4,000 people. Uh, Adepticon is like 8,000. Yeah, double, if not more, Yeah, I would say. Gen Con in Indianapolis is 60,000. Yep. So, and, and, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, those folks, the folks who are doing the miniatures are a lot more social. Because a lot of them came from gaming. And so that gaming isn't something you do by yourself. You do that with, with your friends. You're playing, you're playing with stuff with other people. Yeah. That's not the case with garage kits. You know, we're, we're all kind of hunkered down. And I, I joke about how, 
you know, garage, people ask me, well, how was COVID to your business? And I'm like, man, you know, we've been self-isolating as garage kids <laughs> folks since we picked up a paintbrush. It has been a dream for me. actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's funny that you asked that though, Jason, because for some reason, uh, a post from about it's 39 weeks ago, so a little bit less than a year ago, popped up on my Facebook feed. And it was the one where somebody said the hobby is dying. And you chimed in and said, no, it's not. And you start talking about miniatures. And right after your comment, I said, I totally agree with Jason. <laughs> Mark that down that that was, yeah. that we agreed on something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> agreed. It is. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but that's not the first time we agreed on. No, that. no, it's you not. And I've talked about that before. Yep. yep. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm always trying to, to make sure that I'm staying, that I don't get behind the curve. And so I, the first miniature show I went to was ReaperCon in Dallas. And I don't remember how many years ago. That might have been seven or eight years mm-hmm. ago. And it was just a completely different experience than any show that I had been to. Um, it was funny, you know, so I, I'm there with Ken from Badger. We, we had a booth together. And this thing opened up. It was a Friday. It opened up at 10 o'clock Friday morning. And when they opened the doors, all these people came, came in and they had suitcases and backpacks and, and satchels and, and boxes. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And in the middle of this huge hall were all these tables. And you could probably fit six or eight people at, at a table. And there must have been, you know, I want to say six or seven dozen tables. Okay. Probably more than that even. Um, and people would go, they came in, they sat down, they started unpacking their stuff. And it was paint, it was paint brushes, it was, you know, miniatures, it was uh, diorama materials, landscape materials. And they sat there all weekend, hanging out with their friends, painting and building stuff. Yeah. I thought, wow, that is really cool. Really cool. You guys will both remember this, and Scott, I'm sure you will too. Wonderfest kind of was like that a long time ago. There was always like an after hours little group down by the pool that would kind of build and paint and hang out and talk. And that doesn't happen anymore, but you're right. right. Reaper is those Reaper people are, they're into their Reaper models when they do their, oh, yeah. kits, they, they are like, they love. And that's even same with Adepticon. There's a painting area where everyone just yes. packs their stuff right. up and sits there. And yeah. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's something we need to work on for Wonderfest. That's an idea they, I got now. Reaper would fly artists in to do demos. And, you know, that room that I was talking about where you had all the big round tables mm-hmm. in the middle, the whole perimeter of the room, there were tables. And they had, uh, well, not, no, on one, one whole side of the room, there are all these tables with artists that are well known to the miniaturists. And those artists would sit there all weekend and paint, and people would come up and ask questions. And they'd show them techniques. It was just really cool. Yeah. Right. And so, and, and some of those are the same guys who are at uh, Adepticon. Yeah. So they're, they're a lot more social. And so I, I have found that that has been really good for business too. And word gets around. These people are active. They're all over social media. A lot of them are younger than we are. Right. So exactly. Yep. You know, so. There's, they are well, what is going to keep us going. 
And yeah. That's- I remember after going to that uh, hobby expo, the level of work I saw, you know, yeah. the, the paint and, yes. and the level of work I saw. And I came back and, and I kind of, on the clubhouse, I think it was, I challenged the garage kid community to get better because the work these guys do blows 80% of us away. Okay. And man, some guys got really up in arms about that and got upset about it. And I was like, I, you know, I was like, Hey, I didn't mean any disrespect to anybody, but it's like, let's bring it up a level. Let's, you know, and I've also, you know, preached forever. And I know Jason has, and, and, you know, we've both talked to Terry about it. These people need to get into where we are because, so like you said, they get into where we are and they may say, Ooh, one six scale, man, that's big, but I wouldn't mind buying that, you know? And by the same token right now, you're the only one that's selling small stuff. And you don't see any of that stuff at Wonderfest. Even historical figures, I think, would sell. You know, I don't know how they do for you. I know you did that set with Joe Lewis and Jackie Robinson um, and Jesse Owens. I don't know how well that sold for you, but I thought that's a great idea. Yeah, it has not it has not sold real well, but that's okay. No, but but still, I you know it's you know it's going to be hit or miss. You know, but but you did it right. It's something you've always wanted to see, right? And I, I've talked about this before. Someone else said it. it's something you've wanted to see as a kid. And that stuff has every right to be there, I think. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, people love their their aliens and predators, you know? Right. And I think some of those other guys on the other side of the world, the historical people, would love that stuff when they see it. And they just need to see it more of it, I think. Scott, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. That's not the first time. We are gonna we are gonna do some more stuff like that. Cool. Because one of the things I learned with geometric even was, you know, you may not have a hit the first time you do something or the second time, but if when it becomes a collection, when it starts becoming a line, you'll see that the first two start selling a lot better mm-hmm. because people like collections. Um, and so we're gonna do some more of those historical pieces i've been trying to figure out who but i know there are boxing fans who are really into the hobby i'm you know i I loved boxing i grew grew up watching boxing all the time with my dad roberto duran yeah i love to do a a muhammad ali you know do a a sphinx like oh man (laughs) hagler just looked like a boxer i mean it was like he was just Perfect, man. Do a George Foreman. Like if you, oh, yeah. dude, if you tapped into boxers, oh, yeah. Ray no, Leonard, you know, no I'm Frazier. not even kidding. I don't, have I told this story about the Mike Tyson loss ever? It's one of my favorite childhood memories. And I, my parents don't watch this show because they think I'm an idiot. But, but one of my favorite childhood memories is I remember us all sitting around. My dad watches boxing still showtime all the time. Saturday nights, we would watch boxing with my dad. And when I like, I get into it. I like it. But when Tyson bust Tyson Douglas, Buster like, Douglas, bust yeah Tyson versus Buster Douglas. He when he started to lose, like the whole family was like standing up, and like standing, standing. And then when he finally got knocked down, my mom. I remember my mom just like jumping up and cheering for Buster Douglas. Like it was the greatest thing. And like even to this day, like I I love that story. That's a sport that gets no love. Like it's oh, yeah. all turned into like UFC, all that stuff. But yeah. boxing, like, still. 
Do you still follow boxing? Yeah, on and off. I'll still watch once in a while. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's he's more of a to World stuff. Wrestling Federation I, guy. No, I'm an AEW person now. Whatever. Right. It's all the same <laughs> crap. Um, if you do do more boxers, please do a butterbean for us fat, bald, white guys. Butterbean? <laughs> yeah. Butter. Please do a butterbean. <laughs> Just for me. Oh, man. Okay, for with Blackheart, what do you got new coming out that people need to see? Well, um, I sent you guys some images. So we are adding um, four kits to uh, four bus to our Micromania line, our the historical line. Um, right now, that line consists of Vlad the Impaler, um, Genghis Khan, Geronimo, and Hannibal of Carthage. Uh, a few months ago, just before Wonderfest, we added Eric the Red. And now these next three are Shaka Zulu, um, Nobunaga, who is the samurai who united Japan in the 1500s. And we, uh, Joe Simon is just finishing up a Mayan priest. <laughs> and it, and it, it's pretty cool. It's I, pretty oh, okay. I, all right, I want to see that. So uh, I want to add another four so, so that we have 12 of them before the next one defects. Cool. Um, those have done pretty well. The, the historical ones have done, have done pretty well for us. And, and I, I really like that stuff. So yeah. You could do a uh, lot with a Mayan priest. That has my yeah. brain going. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, we have, uh, I decided about a year ago that in 2021, I was going to commit to our Micromania line of figures and busts. And so really kind of put stuff in there. And so, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about scanning. We have some of the old geometric figures that, that we have scanned and we're going to be releasing some of those. Um, as Micromania four inch figures. Oh, cool. Uh, I also want to uh, get into more hardware. You know, we, we produce our first hardware kit, the, the pod, the planetary orbital drone um, concept piece based on the first Predator movie. Mm -hmm. you, you never saw it in the film, but somehow the Predator landed on Earth. They never found a ship or, or a, you know, a, a transport vehicle to get him here. All you saw at the beginning of the film was the predator ship, the mothership shooting off to the left. You hear poof, you see a white light go shooting out from the ship. It goes through the earth's atmosphere and it disappears. He didn't just jump. <laughs> um, somehow he got here. And so that's back a pretty in good parachute. In the 1990s, um, when I was still doing geometric, I approached Steve Wang about designing the pod for us. And I talked to him about my ideas. He's jazzed to do it. And so he did. He gave us six sketches and they're, and they're awesome. And, uh, but my partner at the time didn't want to do it. We, the business, this was like 97, 1997. Hobby industry was starting to change. Yeah. We losing some distributors, hobby stores. And so we didn't do it. And it would have been a bear to do it because they, we didn't have digital stuff. So I just kind of put the sketches away until, yeah, what year was it? 2000, maybe 2016, maybe. Um, I pulled them out. I thought I had lost them and I was freaking out. And then I found them in a file cabinet. And I sent them to Danielle Angelosi, 
who is a digital artist over in Italy, fantastic artist. And I said, hey, man, have you ever done any hardware? He said, no. I said, but you can do this, can't you? And I sent him to him. He was like, wow, that, that looks like something from Predator. I said, that's exactly right. <laughs> so he was, he's a big Predator fan. So he jumped all over it. And he did it digitally. Um, we had it printed, produced in China. I sent Steve Wang the, the digital images. It blew his mind. He was, <laughs> his response when he got it was, God, George, you know, I'm so glad you remembered this. I always wondered if this would ever be produced as a kit. He was just pumped. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so that was our first hardware kit. I want to do more. I, I, I wasn't the biggest Star Trek fan, the fan of the original series. It was okay. Uh-oh. I always kind of thought it was Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, look what you did. Sorry. Look what you did. <laughs> But next don't mean generation. it, Bill. Bill, I don't mean it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and I became a big fan of the Next Generation. I, I just love that show, and so um, I decided that I wanted to do a shuttle, a Star Trek shuttle. Um, that that would be our next hardware kit. And so when you, you know, you'll be. Sh- I assume you'll be showing images. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my sister is a huge Trek fan, starting with the original series. So is Claudia, my significant other. And uh, so I decided to do this shuttle and to honor Nichelle Nichols by naming the shuttle um, Uhura. And so it's being printed right now. Cool. And we'll have some accessories that, that, I'm, that I don't want to talk about here. But the shuttle will come with a four inch figure. It's in scale of Admiral Yahura. <laughs> ah, yeah. She's like 80 years old and she's being honored with this shuttle being christened and commissioned in her name. And so that's, that's, that's our awesome. second hardware kit. Yeah. So, and this is all an original design. It's not from anything. That's right. ever been seen in Star Trek. Right. But but when you look at it, if you've seen the Star Trek, the, the shuttles in the in the movies or in the shows, mm-hmm. it's re- it's clearly recognizable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. But but we did some different things to it. If you, there are cannons on it. There are a couple of phaser cannons, and you never see that in, in, on the other ships or even on the, uh, the shuttles. Um, there will be weapons racks inside. So this is more of a fighting <laughs> ship. Yeah. So um, when, we're, when we're not recording, I'll tell you a little bit more about what I have in mind with that. All right. We get secret uh-huh. info. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. These are going to be, these are really aimed at folks who want to do dioramas. Hey, real quick, George, I want to go back to the um, Shaka Zulu. And so you did the Shaka Zulu mm-hmm. and you sent me a photo of the statue. And I know we talked off camera. A little yep. bit, but could you uh, just give that story real briefly to everyone um, about you know where this idea came from and and all that? Sure, uh, Shaka was the king of the Zulu nation. I think, as I recall, he united the Zulus, um, and they ended up basically driving the British out of the territory that where the Zulus uh, lived. Um, he was the king. He was the leader of the Zulu when that happened. Um, there was a movie made. I'm pretty sure it was in the 60s. It might have been in the early 70s. Shaka Zulu. And uh, when I talked to Joe Simon about, I mean, obviously, this is in the 17th or 1800s. 
It's been early 1800s, late 1700s. Um, so there wouldn't be any photos. And there really there aren't even any real paintings of him, you know, that were contemporaneous with life. And so I told Joe, well, you know, there's this movie, check, you know, I'll send you the reference material, but I'm not interested in you doing an exact likeness of the, the actor. Just, you know, do your yeah. thing. But here's the statue, you know, they made statues, you know, memorializing or commemorating Shaka, but they used the actor. They, they made the, all the statues the likeness of the actor. And I say, yeah, we don't have to do that, but use, use the, you know, the accessories, the clothing that he's wearing. And so that's what we did. So it turned out great. It looks really, yeah. really good. And that's your paint job, right? Yeah, it was a fun piece to paint. I just yeah. did it yesterday. I started yesterday morning and finished it this evening. So nice, fun. That's so fun to like just finish something in a day like that. Yeah, and that's another good thing about doing the little stuff, particularly the bus. You know, you can knock those out in a day and a half. You know, and feel like you get over a weekend easily. You got something done. Although I can contradict this, you're. I I started painting this last episode, and I haven't. You're Godzilla, <laughs> and I haven't touched it since because I've been so busy. Oh, Do you God. get a lot of? It, and, you know, and this is kind of goes back to one of our first episodes, the bus debate. You get a lot of, oh, why don't you do a whole figure of that or, or a full figure of that? I mean, do you get a lot of that? Because I know a lot of people still are really anti-bust. Yeah. For whatever reason. Okay. Well, I'd just rather have the whole model, you know, type of thing. And, and there's not a right or wrong, but it's wondering if you get a lot of that. Um, I don't, not so much people asking if we do it but people say man i don't, i wish you had done that as a full figure because that's what i'm into and the fact is when i started geometric i was in the figures i i didn't care for busts at all until these probably seven or eight years into doing geometric we came out with, with a bunch of um busts and geez did they do well i was gonna say you were one of the first people that did it right like yeah. who was doing busts yeah. before geometric no, nobody. Danny, Danny Sirocco. Yeah. I think okay. he started, he started his one quarter scale line, you know, dimensional designs about the same time we did. And it was striking how similar they were. And so people confused us, which was cool. <laughs> I mean, I was like, Hey, great. Maybe if they buy Danny's, you know, they'll have fun with it and they'll come looking for something else. And by trying to get Danny to come on and he won't come on. Really? Yeah. Beg him for us. What's yeah, Calm he's a, a storyteller, man. <laughs> he's a character, man. <laughs> he's cool, but he's a character. Yeah. Oh, yes, he is. He'll see that. He watches every episode. So, Does he? Yep. Yeah. All right, cool. Hey, fat ass. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Join these guys and, and watch your language. Yes. Nah, yeah. you don't have to do that. He can swear. <laughs> no swearing, damn it. Uh, <laughs> this is a family show. All right, George, you know? this, this pumpkin head. Tell us about this pumpkin head. Yeah, so um, that was another one by Daniel Angelosi. This thing's gorgeous. Uh, yeah. You know, Pumpkinhead is my favorite monster design of all time. And uh, Can I stop you there? Can you tell sure. me why? Tell me why. Why is Pumpkinhead your favorite? Um, when I watched, I went and saw that movie in the theater. Mm -hmm. And I sat there trying to figure out how the heck did they do that? Because they didn't have digital. Right. So it, it was practical. How did they do it? And it just mystified me until um, 
I decided to go for the license, geometric one for the license. And we got um, a lot of uh, reference material from uh, Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr. Uh, from, from San Winston's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they sent me this video, this behind the scenes video that is now on the pumpkin head uh, Blu-ray disc. Okay. But they sent me a video. I mean, you know, like like a cassette to VHS cassette tape. <laughs> and it, it had them, it showed, it was like a home movie. And they were, it showed how they were designing it, how they came up with the design, um, how they put the, the actor in the suit. And when I saw that, I was like, these guys are geniuses. It's just amazing that they could do it. I mean, they did everything. They had him on stilts. Yep. Radio controls for, for his lips, for his eyes. Yep. They had cables for his hands. And then those two things on his shoulder, they had cables, wires to help him balance. And I was like, wow, that's just fantastic. And that's why he's my favorite monster. Yeah, it is. A, it, you're right. Everything is, yep. Yeah. <laughs> we talked off camera how you said special effects guys are like problem solvers. Yes. So that had to be really cool for you yeah. to see that. And, yeah. So if you look at what Blackheart has done and is doing and will do, um, no, if you look at what geometric design did, that'll kind of give you somewhat of a roadmap to what Blackheart is doing and, and will do. Mm-hmm. Is there um, a Tremors kit coming? Oh, God, and I was just thinking that. Okay, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yes, yes, there really? is. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, cool. Behind his head. Do you see behind his I head? Am, it's right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one. That's one of my favorite geometric kits. Yeah, mine too. That's why I haven't built it yet. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, my, my plan is to do a tremors and micromania scale, so the figures would be four inches tall. That'd be cool. And so, cool. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's what I want to do within the next two years. I've kicked up, kicked around the idea of doing it. Uh, some of the stuff that I want to do, I'm going to wait until I retire next March. And then that'll that'll open things up. I'll have more time to do that kind of stuff. But for sure, we'll be doing a tremors. Okay, I interrupted. Back to the actual pumpkin head kit. George, I'm I'm pumpkin head ignorant, so let me ask a quick right. question. Oh no, here we go. Go ahead. Well, no, because I just noticed. So there's two different facial expressions on these photos you sent us. No, it's two different faces. Two different faces completely. Okay. See, I'm pumpkin head ignorant. Have you have you ever watched the movie? <sighs> no, George. Oh, I. <laughs> Are you serious? He he, he has not watched this show. You'd realize modern horror. I've hardly watched any. It's not modern horror. Thirty years years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! George and I said the exact same thing at the same time. (laughs) George, we've known each other thirty years. George, don't shame me. George, shame me. So, oh, tell tell them why there's two different faces. So, um. The, the story is that this guy's son gets killed and he wants to get revenge. So Pumpkinhead is the demon of vengeance. And he goes, the guy goes to the witch out in the woods and she does this incantation and brings this demon to life. Um, as the demon and the demon carries out vengeance. And every time he does it, the man who glance Henriksen, um, the, the man who had the witch summon the demon experiences it. He actually sees it and feels it and feels what the demon is feeling. All right. 
but he also starts to change the monster, the demon. And it starts at the end to take on his face. And so the one face that might look a little bit unfamiliar, that's Lance Henriksen's face mixed in with pumpkin head that they look like in the movie. See, has anyone done that ever? No. 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 That's why I think that's really cool. So this will come with two heads? Um, Or we don't know yet. Or you choose. Um, Maybe choose. I, I thought about choosing because it's an expensive kit. And those heads are big. I mean, those heads are like this big. Okay. Yeah. But, but I kind of think, you know, I was talking to Brokaw because he's making the molds and he said, you know what you ought to do? You just make a, you know, he said, the thing is design is engineered so that that, that head will pop off. You won't need to glue it. So mm-hmm. people switch back and forth. So what you ought to do, he said is, Make a little base for the head that's not being used. Just some yeah. little base yeah. that sits on the side. And I'm like, that's a great idea. So yep. that's what we do, I think. That's really cool. Yeah. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, this exorcist piece. Tell us about yeah. this. So, um, um, please, please don't ask if I've seen this movie, George. Please don't ask. I won't. Obviously, you haven't. If you haven't seen Pumpkinhead, you haven't seen The Exorcist because you're, you're. I've been shamed well, about The Exorcist about ten oh wait, times. The next one too. You got to ask that question. So. Oh whatever. Okay. So um, there's an artist named David Seidman who did a poster. Some guy commissioned him to do an original poster for the for The Exorcist, and um, I saw that poster and I I had always said there's no way I'm going to do it. An exorcist because that's just too frightening and I wouldn't want something like that hanging on my wall. <laughs> but when I saw this thing, I was like, wow, now that's it right there. That's the one that I would do. So I contacted the artist and um, made, a, made a proposal to him. There was another producer who also contacted him at the same time, made a proposal to him. That other producer is somebody who is a friend of mine who also uses Danielle Angelosi to do sculpting. <laughs> and we both, you know, when we talk, you say, well, whichever one of us gets it, we know who's going to sculpt it. So, and I ended up getting it. So Danielle and I kind of worked through the poster, obviously, is two dimensional. So you don't see anything on the back. Uh, there's also no Bible in the poster. We have that. We have it. <clears throat> the, the crucifixes rising up out of a Bible. And then on the back are um, some, some of the script from the movie where Father Karras is doing the exorcism. So there's, there are some lines of script on the back. of the So it's designed, it's designed to be a 360, so you can turn around, you can see the script, or to hang on the wall if you're not interested in the script. I'm going to try and say this in a nice way. Amazing piece. I got to say this in a nice way. Oh, boy. Thank you for reaching out to the artist and not just doing it. Oh. You know, like, because there's a lot of people that might just go, oh, that's cool. I'm going to pay a guy to sculpt that and just put it out. But I think it's very honorable to actually reach out to that artist and get them involved. Because I know if I was that guy and then I saw it three-dimensionally later on. Oh, yeah. I'd be like, what the hell? But yeah. I mean, that's really cool that you actually did that. So please, thank you. For let, me, that. let me tell you that there have been several times where I've reached out to artists and said, hey, this thing that you did, I'd love to make that into a kit for my 
company, would you be interested? And lots of times they're like, eh, you know, I don't, you know, I did this, uh, you know, it was a commission for somebody else. So I really couldn't yeah. do it, that kind of deal, or they just didn't respond. So otherwise there'd be a few other things hanging on the wall. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, the Shin Godzilla that uh, Scott didn't see that movie either. Um, but I kind of want to see that one. <laughs> I do kind of want to see it. Fantastic. It's gross. It's gross. It's gross, but fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's a story behind that one, kind of a sad story. Um, Gabriel Marquez, who died sometime in the last six months, uh, I commissioned him to do. Uh, uh, one half scale sculpture of Amy from Fright Night. And uh, he had sculpted for geometric back in the day, a couple mm -hmm. of pieces. And so um, I commissioned him to do Amy. He, he just couldn't get it done because he was sick. He, was, he had cancer. I didn't know. That. And it was just eating him up. And so he, he couldn't get her done. And so I just said, hey, man, you know, and he felt really bad about it. I said, don't worry about it. You know, how about if I let you do some little pieces for me, some micromania pieces? And he said he'd do them. But by then he was still really sick, maybe even worse. And he just, you know, couldn't really nail them the way I wanted him to nail them. So I said, Gabriel, don't worry about it. You know, I had paid him, you know, money. And then I said, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to ask a guy who's dying? Yeah. Give me you know, so I just kind of wrote it off. And then he contacted me probably in January or February and said, hey, man, listen, you know, I feel bad about not being able to come through for you on this other stuff. Give me another chance. I said, Gabriel, don't worry about it. He said, no, really, I, I want you to give me another chance. He said, let me do a Godzilla. He said, he said I see you got a little micromania shin. Let me do a big one, a wall hanger. And I was like, man. I mean, I was really doubtful that, that he could do it. But he kind of tugged at my heartstrings. And I said, go ahead. I said, kill it for me. And man, he did. He did. He didn't even get to see it produced. He died just before Wonderfest. Wow. Yeah. So, but he did Everybody it. that knew Gabe. He was a nice guy. He, yeah. He was, a, yeah. he was a lot of fun. He was a good guy. Yep. Really nice guy. Really good artist. You know? Oh yeah. When he was on, wow. I mean, he just Yeah. And he was on with Shin. He really did a great job. There's so much detail. Right. You know, I, I had that molded here in town and when I got the casting, I was packing them up for Wonderfest. That thing drew blood. Those <laughs> oh, oh no, I'm serious. Good. <laughs> I picked up one of the pieces and it punched a hole in my finger and I was bleeding all over the place. <laughs> oh man. I couldn't believe it. It hurt like hell. Yeah. I wonder who's got that special George Stevenson blood edition. <laughs> so is that's not tech is it technically the last thing Gabe did? I think it might have been. Might have been? Yeah. Wow. I what didn't know I didn't know he was dying. Yeah. Knew he was sick, but I had the impression that, you know, a lot of what was taking him down was the chemo and and you know, that was just kind of making it hard for him to, to work. Yeah. So I was very surprised when I saw on Facebook that he had passed. I was just stunned. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. So. Well, it's an amazing sculpture. So it's, 
Yeah, and it's right up there. We're showing Paul Gill's paint job right now, who I thought did a nice job on this. We yeah. actually showed it in he our did. last episode, but um, and at the end in the users gallery or readers, watchers gallery, whatever we call it, we'll have some more photos as well. Yeah. Cool. He did. And then the last thing you sent us a photo of is, uh, and I know I saw this at Wonderfest, is the uh, Frankenstein versus the Wolfman scene. Um, Micromania. So it's sculpted by our good friend and loyal listener, Phil Kupka. Well, yeah, he did the base. Or the base. He did the base, not the figures, but the yeah. base, yes. Ma- Matthew Lawrence did the, the lab equipment and, okay. and produced the, the LEDs to light up that equipment. And Tim Bruckner sculpted the monster and Wolfman. And then Joe Simon did Dr. Mannering and uh, Countess Frankenstein. It's so like the Mount Rushmore of producers, of, of yeah, right. artists that got on there. Like, what the Everybody's heck? in there. Yeah. Everybody's in there. George, you know, if you watch our Matt Lawrence episode, you'll find out Jason didn't know who Kenneth Strickfadden was, but he busts my ass about movies I didn't see. Okay. I'm just really? Yeah. One guy. <laughs> I didn't know who one guy was, but I knew the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> After the hundreds of things you haven't known. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Matt is a character, too, man. Oh, yeah. he, oh was, he is. He was a lot of fun. Yeah, he's really into, he's really into lights, man. Oh, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I uh, You know, on our website, I haven't updated uh, the Hardcore Modelers Manual on our website. I don't know if you guys have seen that. But mm-hmm. it's oh, a- I have, yeah. Because there was a Resin Police uh, episode. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Or- so so there's one chapter called, uh, basically, the Lexicon. The Hobby okay. Whispers Lexicon. And it's just about all kinds of different afflictions that, that, that garage kit uh, hobbyists suffer from. And one of them is... <laughs> One of them was called megalomania. That's that's a person who who insists on uh, LEDs, outrageous numbers of LEDs <laughs> in, their, in their dioramas. Yeah, and, and I think I, I don't think I published that one, but I actually called out Matt Lawrence. So <laughs> sounds about right. It sounds yeah, about me- right. Megalomania. <laughs> well, yeah, like some of the guys that they can't just build a kit, like uh, Robert Trock we had on couple episodes ago yeah everything's like you know 10 by 10 oh yeah he's like a maniac (laughs) and uh you know and that was the spirit of the first contest was to do stuff like that and uh first couple contests actually i think yeah and uh yeah that's still up in the air whether that's going to happen or not again yeah we might we'll see um before we go if you can narrow it down, your most memorable, most favorite kit you've ever produced. Like, what is your, like, this, I'm, this is me. This is my kit. If you had to show people what you do and you're like, this is the greatest thing I ever made, the thing I'm most proud of, which one is it? If you can do it, you can say you can't, but if you narrow it down to two, one, like, give us an idea. I think I might be able to narrow it down to maybe three or four. I mean, okay. I, between Geometric and Blackheart, I'm sure we've produced well over 100 kits. I would say Tremors is one. 
Fiend Without a Face is another. Um, Angelique, our one-half scale android, is another. And uh, probably our the, the vinyl predator, the geometric good. Cool. I would say that Yeah, I think that works. Yeah, the, the Fiend, Fiend Without a Face was special because that was the first that was one of the fir- very first kits the geometric did. We showed up at Chiller Theater with three kits, the Cyclops and Mike Parks had sculpted, the little Cyclops, Amy from Fright Night that Mike had sculpted, and then John Dennett had sculpted Fiend Without a Face. And the Fiend was the first kit that we actually physically produced where we did the molds and poured the resin. And so that one was special. You know, yeah. but Tremor, Tremors, I loved that movie and just John Dennett just nailed the design exactly the way I wanted it. Yeah. So, so can you elaborate why Phil Kupko is not allowed to pour vinyl? He did. <laughs> yeah, he said, what do you say? He, he says, yeah, I wasn't so good at it, so they had me do some other stuff. He said at one point during his interview or something, he's, yeah. That's not true. <laughs> Phil, Phil, he did a lot of vinyl for us. No. Um, but it was after my partner after I had bought out my second partner mm-hmm. and I was back to practicing, I'm pretty sure I was back to practicing law part time or full time then. And so Phil would come in and no, that's not right. No, I, I wasn't practicing then. Um, but I know he did vinyl for us. Okay. I remember, I think what he would do, he'd come in after work. That's what it was. He'd come in after work and he'd work, you know, in the evening. So <laughs> he's a great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. He, he sends us a letter every episode and he sends really? us a book every episode. Uh, no, well, he's calmed down. He, yeah, his letters get shorter. Um, yeah. And actually I talked to him on the phone last week. He called me. So I got to give him the call. Phil, Phil says to me often that that geometric was the best job he ever had. <laughs> and he, I don't know how serious he is about that, <laughs> but but I know he had a lot of fun, and he was one of the best employees we ever had. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just reliable. I could leave the shop and yeah, I was going to say that's a guy with some work ethic, you know. Yeah, he really did. He was really responsible, and he just knew, you know, everything's safe with him. Yeah, don't get your head big, Phil. Okay, don't don't get big headed, <laughs> Phil. Okay. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, darn it, George. Yeah. I have a quick question before yeah. we go. And uh, we touched on a little bit before we started to film, but where do you see 3D printing? And, you know, because we've talked a lot about 3D printing in a few of our last episodes, because Jason and I both got a printer, so we're all crazy now. (laughs) How how do you see it incorporating or helping and or hurting the garage kid hobby as it is now? Well, help the the helping part is obvious. Mm -hmm. There's stuff that that we can do uh, with 3D, with digital sculpting and 3D printing that will take forever. Traditionally, you know, pushing clay around. Um, so, I also think that, I mean, if you look at what's coming out of Europe, you know, the 90 millimeter stuff, which is pretty close to our Micromania scale stuff. The stuff they're doing is just incredible. I mean, yep. yeah. I mean, 
crazy detail. I mean, jump on the Facebook group at bus or bus yep, at, yep, at bus. Yep. Man, just and I've been I've been buying that stuff and, and painting some of it. Um, so I, I think there's an opportunity for greater variety, um, uh, better reproductions with with the digital printing. Um, I, I think those are good things. I think it's important to have that that new stuff. Um, so I, I I see mostly positive things coming from it. Right. And when I said negative, just if you saw negative, I'm not saying there are negative. Yeah. Do you see negatives? You know. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not too worried right now about the negative, but you know, we talked earlier about the slippery slope. Mm -hmm. um that that can be concerning i, I think I, I told you about the guy that on, was showing uh, a, a digital print of our frankenstein bus a uh, wall hanger that mike hill stole he had taken it and scanned it and then printed it and people were you know messaging him asking you know if they could buy it you know, if, if he'd sell them and, you know, he, he, he said he wouldn't, I talked to him and said he wouldn't, but it was pretty impressive. And I thought, wow, if people start doing this to myself, I mean, I'm our, we're already getting hit with bootlegs all mm -hmm. over the place, even here in the U S mm -hmm. um, if that on big stuff, it's like, what a pain in the ass to bootleg something that big. I know. I know. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. So if, if if that's going on, it's just a matter of time until somebody starts doing that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as long as we're kind of talking about it, you know, we were talking earlier about you guys can stop me if you don't want me to get into this. But oh no, go ahead. We were talking earlier about Mike Berglund's Aurora Minis. And, you know, Mike, Mike's a good friend of mine. He's like family. But, you know, he knows that I'm uncomfortable with that. And the thing that makes me most uncomfortable about it is, what the next person might do. But I know Mike and I know his, his ethics. He wouldn't hurt anyone. Mm -hmm. um, but suppose somebody said, well, you know, this, there's this company in the 90s, Geometric. They're not around anymore. They did some cool kits. Why don't we scan those and shrink those down to, you know, six-inch figures and put them out? We can make some money. Man, I'd be, I'd be pissed. Yeah. I'd be pissed. And the and, fact and is. That's where a lot of the concern is. Yeah, when it comes so, to yeah, I really think that the, the the concern that was expressed on Facebook about it is really about what the next people may do, people who don't have scruples mm -hmm. and and who really don't care. You know, Mike cares about the hobby. He loves yeah, the he hobby. does. I think I think everybody you know? does get that. Yep, he does. Yeah. So yeah, that would yeah. that would be my concern. I think it would be great to have a really big civil conversation about that. There is no code of ethics, but it would be good for folks to be able to agree that, there, that at some point it's unaccept there are things that are unacceptable. Right. Yeah. You, we may not be able to agree on everything that is acceptable mm -hmm. or what is acceptable, but we should be able to agree on what's definitely not acceptable. Right. Well, and, and I don't know how familiar you are with what goes on in the digital world, but um, there's guys, they sell files. You know, right. they, them, they sell files and they sell the files, George, dirt cheap, $15. Okay. Yep. So I look at it and 
for $15, I'm going to support the guy or $10. I'm going to support the guy. And first of all, there's a lot of stuff out there. That's not done garage kit wise for me that I love cartoon characters, uh, Looney tunes and stuff like that. And so I've been printing those. And this one guy on uh, the one CG trader site has done a lot of them. And I keep buying them and printing them, you know, and they're 10 bucks a piece, you know? And so I had, and I'll say his name. Cause I, you know, it, it was fine. Tom Grossman got a hold of me and said, Hey, I'd really like a couple of those Wiley Coyotes. What will you charge me to print them? I said, Tom, you know, you're a friend. I've known you a long time. Don't worry about the cost. Cause I mean, they're the, it was maybe $3 worth of materials. I said, but you got to go buy the file from the guy. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy don't care what you do with it. Once you buy the file, as far as you don't care if you print 10 for yourself, some of them don't even care. Not all of them. Some of them don't even care if you print the files and sell them. Okay. They just don't want you to sell their files. Okay. But which I look at that and go, no, no, you guys are going about this all wrong, but it's a whole different world. Okay. But I told Tom, you go buy the file and I'll print them for you. And he went and bought the file and I confirmed that he bought the file from the guy and I printed them for him. I sent them off to him. So it's, you know, even <coughs> in that world, and that's where I see the biggest problem in that world is it's hard, man. Once someone gets their hands on that STL file, nothing stops me from sending that to Jason or George or whoever. But I also look at it and go, they, they're keeping it so cheap. Support the artist. Yeah, right. And, yep. and, and, you know, pay the 10 bucks, pay the 15 bucks. Yeah. You know what that would cost as a garage kit? You know, I, I, so, yeah. yeah. So, you know, let's hope that all stays ethical. But, you know, I agree with you. The detail you can get on a um, 3D rendered piece, a lot of the clothing detail and textures that nobody could even sculpt that stuff in. Okay. I can't even see that someone could sculpt that in, like, you know, the texture on a Spider-Man uniform that you see in the movies now. Okay. And that's just a brush that they just, boom, they texture the whole thing and it's done. And it's, you know, you'll never get that. So. You know, and you and I talked earlier, you have a little piece that would just be so hard to cast, um, then 3D print them and, you know, fill up a build plate with 20 of them and there's your piece. And I know uh, Todd Powell's doing that with some of his stuff. So, uh, you know, to supplement his resin casting and Stan Arts as well, uh, the guy that did the Tauntaun, I don't know if you've seen that out there or not. A, he sent a box a bag of what 3d printed pieces to go with the mm-hmm. yeah so it, it's i see it incorporating that way you know hey jason uh, yeah. jason what, what are you printing what kind of stuff you print you're gonna hate me <laughs> <laughs> hate him george hate him george so i just printed oh. and just bronzed this darkness but wow, uh, so I, it's the same which brings me i'm gonna put it next to yours like that's well, this is actually for a friend, but I have another one. But I like this, a lot of the same stuff you do, more modern stuff, a little like. So I'm printing random stuff from all over the place, some Fifth Element things, some Dungeons and Dragons things, like just weird stuff that would never have been a garage kit ever that I can find on there. Like Spectraman, I found a Spectraman bust that somebody made, and no one's ever gonna make that into a kit. So it's like I have my Spectraman that I've always wanted. So it's just, yeah, it's, 
I, George, I, I was going to suggest to you, and I, I, we, don't, we don't even have to keep this part in, but you might want to think about, since you are a little trailblazy, <laughs> doing a way to sell physical ones and sell files for people to print at home. And I know that sounds crazy, but I would look into it. Yeah. I would look into it. And, and, and make it for something that, I mean, give it a try with one little piece. You sell your physical pieces, like take one of your little busts and say, here, I'm going to start a little, uh, a, a Patreon or, uh, get an account on, on CG trader and start putting up a, a like one of your busts here. I have this digital file. It's five bucks. You want to print it on your own? Here's five bucks. And if someone gives that away and I, I, I don't think that's going to hurt you. And I think when we talked to Jamie before, I think you have to look at more of what you're, when it comes to the digital stuff. You have to look more at what you're making than what you're losing. And I think if you build a community and George, you have undoubtedly done that over the years and people respect you to the point where if you're selling little files of your bus and you're still selling those bus on their own, if you sell that file for five bucks on CG trader, I don't think anyone's going to trade that. I don't think there might be somebody, but I think it would be so negligible that I think people would go. This is George's. This is Blackheart's. I'll pay mm-hmm. the $5 for this and, right. and never give it away. And you get, and you, you slowly build that community. If you're active with your community, and I know a lot of those guys do this, that those people will go and hunt down your, your, your thieves for you and out them. And then you can just ban them and you're like, you're out. I'm like, you were the person. So I would seriously consider if I were you looking at just put one out there and see what it does. Be like, hey, this is one little thing. Earlier, George, the you know, you're not a tech guy, okay? You probably want nothing to do with a 3D printer, okay? And a lot of the garage kid hobby doesn't want anything to do with (laughs) this. And 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 it's not easy, okay? There's a learning curve, and it's you know, me personally, I'm about a grand in before I even got started between the printer, the wash station. Dude, why did you do that math for me? That sucks. Supplies and all that crap. Okay. You know, I never had it up. Okay. But it, it's kind of like another whole hobby. And that, yeah. that's, that's, that's what I think Jason's getting at is these guys are over here buying these files and printing them. And yeah, there's guys, there's unscrupulous guys there like there are in everything you ever do. But for the most part, like a guy like me gets on there and I'm like, I'm going to support this guy because I want him to keep making them. And if this is any proof, Scott has done more hobby bullshit in the last month than he's done in the last 10 years (laughs) of buying files and printing them. He has not done like. Every day he's printing something and hey, spending money and buying today. Something. I got to, hold on, let me see if he shows up. Daffy Duck. Okay. I wow. would say, George, I, and if you want help doing it, I'll gladly, I'll set you up. I'll work, I'll walk yeah. you through it and, and just give it a try. I mean, see what happens. It's one. Oh, we're on Cipriano thing. too. We're busting. Yeah. Oh, we are all over. If we can get you before Cipriano, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've got, he's got hundreds of files in his computer that it's are sitting just there. sitting there. Okay. And he's never going to release them all. And and the thing is, you know, Tony, if you're watching too bad, Tony, uh, <laughs> Tony's not a tech guy either. Okay. And these things are not as easy as put the file on and let it run. First of all, it's not fast. Okay. I know the, the stuff Tony's printing out and selling. 
it takes like 24 hours to print a whole figure. So it's never going to replace the garage kid hobby in that speed where you, if you had a mold and traditional resin, you know, you're going to get the speed. Now, like I told you earlier, a small piece that you could put 20 on a plate. Right. Yes. You know, but, um, you know, so it's, it's two different worlds, but yet the worlds can kind of mix a little bit. And, I, and that's, and that's why I mentioned it to you. Cause it's the same thing with the miniature guys. Like it's another group of people. Like there was one guy that found our show and he's probably watching right now. I won't say his name. He sent me, send us an email or a comment and said, Hey, it was on another episode. He said, I never knew garage kits existed. Never. And he was a 3d printer guy. And he's like, Holy cow, there's all this other stuff. So it's another, it's another thing to tap into that we could bring in and just kind of get a big group hug on all this weird hobby crap. That George is the trailblazer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, Jason, I'm going to take you up on that. I think that's a good idea. Give it a try. If you sell five, you sell five, but it's a, it's a, it's a toe in the water. And I think mm-hmm. it's a worth a shot. Set up a, a, either a Patreon. I would look into that or set up like just a, a CG trader uh, account and put a couple of files up there and, and see what happens. And I will gladly shout that out every episode. Be like, Here's- well, and you know, I don't know. Are, have any of your big, big heads been digitally sculpted yet or no? You're like one-to-one scales. Um, no, because um, printers that could print that big weren't accessible. Weren't, weren't accessible at that point, yeah. you know. But if you get to that point, you know, and I don't know if you're going to get to that point, but if you got to that point, or even, you know, a lot of guys don't want the one-to-one scale, but they might say, "Man, but if I can take that and 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 shrink it down, you know, and/or dare I say, George, even if you scan them." And you know what you do have, um, you know, right, yeah, <laughs> it's another untapped place. You know, right, we've hounded George enough on this. We're, we're, Sorry, <laughs> yeah, we've we busted George's ass. All right. George, but, seriously, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, thanks for any, having me. Anything else you want to plug? Any other anything? You good? I think I'm good. I think you're good. And how does anyone reach George? It's uh, blackartmodels.com. I know is the website, yep. correct? Yep. And they can contact you through there. Yeah, or Facebook. Or Facebook. Thanks for having me, guys. Or uh, go break the law in Minnesota. uh, (laughs) Yeah, you'll get to know me then. Yeah, guilty. The Honorable George Stevens. I'd be sitting there going, not guilty, George. George, not guilty. You're out. Yeah. Take him. 30 days. Jason, (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm going to take you up on that. Okay. Thank you. I think think you'll do well. I I think it will. It'll be a little while, but I'm going to take it. I think it's a good idea. Cool. All right, fellas. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for coming on. And we're back. Thank you, George Stevenson, uh, one of the godfathers of the hobby. I know that's a term that gets used a lot, but (laughs) George was around from the very, very, very early days. Mm -hmm. um, We mentioned in the interview, um, George grew up in Chicago and frequented um, a lot of the hobby stores that you and I did. Yeah, so. same hobbies. We're like hobby brothers. Yeah. Of. And um, so thanks for coming on. Thanks Cousins. for sharing some of this new stuff you've got coming. Um, I really commend George for transitioning with the hobby. And as far as, you know, he went to that show, he saw all these miniatures, and he, and he saw A, potential, you know, as a businessman, potential sales. But B, okay, you know, I can 
I, I can add this to my line and then I can appeal to this group of modelers. And uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Was pretty cool. Yeah. I think it definitely didn't get stuck behind the line. You know, it. No, not at all. Good for him. Good for him for, for evolving. I, I think a lot of people need to think about the future like that because it's changing fast, fast, super fast. But yes, thank you, George. I, I, it's an honor to have you on every time and we'll look forward to having you on again. It's, you know, good time. Yeah, when he starts selling those STLs. Yeah. We got, <laughs> it was my idea. I can say that for once. Scott, it's time for your favorite part of the show. Oh, Mr. Mumble Mumble Mania. Mailbag. <laughs> Mumble Mr. Mumble's Mailbag. Emails. I should make a picture. <laughs> we should. Uh, all right. Uh, emails and corrections. Do we, we already made our correction, but is there another correction? I don't think so. No. Um, oh, I do have one. Oh, joy. From like four episodes ago. <laughs> Jamie took the picture of the UFO. My girlfriend. I got, I caught hell for not giving credit. <laughs> and Jamie took the photograph of the UFO and I kept forgetting to do the correction. So, so she actually watches. I think she watched just the beginning of that one because it was in the beginning of the episode. She doesn't watch the rest. So she won't, she, unless she's hearing me through the floor, she's not going to hear the, uh, correct. Yeah. Too bad. Whatever. Yeah. She's lucky we even mention her. She's no Shanna Worthley. I'll tell you that. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> All right. Wait till she hears that. Whoa. All right. Whoa. Here, oh, more beef. There's more beef. More beef. More beef. There, there's the beef. I'll have, uh, I'll have to have her come on and, and beef it out. <laughs> beef it out with the big beef. All right. Sorry. We're, mum- we're rambling. All right. Sorry. All right. Yeah, you're so, mumbling. Not mumbling. Uh, rambling and mumbling. Here we go. So this is what I talked about earlier from Hang. So I, his emails all say Henry. So I first asked him, I'm like, why is your name Hang if it's Henry? And here's the response. Henry is the official name, but Every Henry is a hang. H-E-N-G. Robert, Rob, Charles, Chuck. So hang is, I guess, short for Henry or Henri. Oh. If you're French, I guess. But now, is that Luxembourg? Uh, This is Luxembourg. So Because I think in German, Heinrich is Henry. Really? I think. I could be wrong. Maybe Norbert or Rainer could correct me if I'm wrong. All right. Germans, um, get in there. And, uh, and in there, I think Heinrich is Henry or yeah. And I still and haven't then, pulled my other glasses out of my bag, so I can't really see what these And are. in the United States, Henry turns into Hank somehow. But And they said everyone uh, since ever, except my mother, everybody calling me Hank. So his, only his mom calls him Henry. Uh, if you look at the vids, videos from Matt Morozik, I told him, uh, told him from Luxembourg, he made me German. So I don't think the people from Luxembourg really like to be called German. So. Please don't do that. Uh, You're in trouble. I know. I am not one of the super patriotic guys, but I'm one of the 600,000 living here. Only about 300,000 speak the native language. Yes, I do. It's only half of Luxembourg speaks Luxembourgish. That's, that's about the same here for England. Yeah, but when you think about that, 600,000 people. So like the city of Chicago is what? <laughs> How many million? Four? Three? I, three I don't even know. I so I mean, three. when you think about it, it's not a... I bet yeah. he doesn't have to dodge bullets on the way downtown, though. No. Like no. we do. And that's not a lie. 
actually. I'm not making that up. No, I don't go downtown anymore. Well, my only path downtown is through a gunfight. So, and that happens every day. Luxembourg is largely multilingual with, while a 2009 survey revealed that the French was the language spoken by most inhabitants. So, oh, then it is Henri. Perhaps. 99% of the people there speak uh, French. Luxembourgish, 62%. German, 81%. English, 72%. Were also spoken by a large sections of the population. Uh, I'm going to go through some of this other stuff. We think we are the smallest country in the world. Others claim the title. But to be true, yes, they are smaller, but now no countries. They are just kind of outer territories from a country. Uh, Monaco, France. Liechtenstein, Switzerland. Andorra, Spain. Malta, Greece. Dude, it's a social studies class today. I'm looking uh, at a map right now. Okay. So it's uh, Belgium, Germany, and um, France all border Luxembourg. Luxembourg. So they're like the meat of the yeah. French-German but, sandwich. You know, and, and to the north of Luxembourg, and it doesn't um, it, it doesn't border it, but it's the Netherlands. And I had an aunt that grew up in the Netherlands and she spoke five different languages and, and understand some of these, like, especially Luxembourg for sure. And Belgium and even the Netherlands um, are smaller than some of our States. <laughs> so what, what happens when you're a kid growing up there, or at least this is what my aunt explained to me is you learn these different languages because everything is so close. So, um, yeah, she spoke French, and I think she spoke German, obviously Dutch. And uh, I don't know if she spoke Luxembourg. I wish she was still alive. I would ask her. But um, probably not if it's if it's kind of like old school. But, um, you know, it's just kind of interesting that, you know, it, overseas they learn. You know, we bitch about learning Spanish here, and they're, you know, they're all I can barely school. speak English, so. That's true. Uh, any any other language? I got straight D's in Spanish. The only cool thing about Spanish class was my name was Jesus slash Jesus. <laughs> so when my Spanish teacher yelled at me <laughs> all the time, she would have to say Jesus. So she was yelling at me, calling me Jesus, which I thought was pretty cool. So Jason translates to Jesus? <laughs> I guess. I think it's the closest thing. I think it's Jesus, but I don't know. They called me Jesus. Scott, you know what we forgot to mention? No, I don't. What have I become? Well, speaking of Jesus. Speaking of Jesus. I am now an ordained minister. Call me Papa. No, preacher man. That's what I am now. Preacher man. Like an overage rabbi. (laughs) (laughs) I got my paperwork in the mail. Uh, for nefarious reasons, I'm not going to talk about. Anyway, thank you, Hang, for uh, sending all that. Thank you again for the giveaway. Please keep reaching out to us. I love to hear from you more, and love to meet you one day. I've only been to Germany once. Only been to Europe that one time. Not Germany. It's no, but I'm just saying I've been to Germany one time. I was going to say, go ahead and fuck it up, and the guy will never no, send us. I have not. I know the difference. I know the difference. Wonder uh, how did you ever fucking Luxembourgish? <laughs> That's what he said. Um, did you ever do your ancestry thing as we make this episode super long? No, you haven't. 
Well, okay. my sister has, um, and my ancestor, well, but my sister and I don't have the same mother. Okay. And, but we have the same father and it's kind of weird how they can kind of track on my grandmother's side because my grandparents came from Norway, but it's like on my grandfather's side, there's nothing. There's really? Like nothing. Yeah. So huh. I, for all I know, my great grand or my grandfather was a serial killer out there and covered his tracks and moved to the U.S. Who knows? So you know. I, it turns out I am mostly Pomeranian, which is the northern part of Poland. And then a like Belarus, Russian, Russian Jew, perhaps, which was always the rumor. What do you what are you doing? Biting your tongue? You got a Polish joke? No, like, like a zillion. <laughs> you're, of gonna, them. you're gonna offend everyone. <laughs> can do. God, well, super. Right. I'll Polish. tell them slow. Yeah. Okay. And Hungary. I have family in Hungary still, which I'd love one day to go to Budapest to visit them and and get over there. So, um, yeah, European month, which I did find out I had German, which I didn't know, and some other stuff. It's kind of cool. And now the government has more of my DNA than they already did. Anyway, Phil Kupka. Phil. Now we're going to get video messages from Phil. Watch. All right. No more video messages, people, because I forget to look at them and put them in. I look at them and put them in a different folder and then forget to put them in and I forget to put them in the episode. Anyway. You shut up. Uh, Just got through watching watching episodes. Hold on. You know what? what? If people would just record videos, we wouldn't have to watch you mumble through the fucking emails. Brilliant. Scott? This is the greatest thing you've ever done. If you would like to record video messages and send them to me instead of print emails, we have just modernized this show yeah. and, and brought it into the, the 2020. We probably shortened the show by about a half hour. Short- time mumbles gets through going, let me start over. Oh my God, this is great. If you can, if you have the ability to do a video message, send it to me at modelclubtv at gmail.com I will gladly put that on there instead of me reading the email. That would be fantastic. Or there's a way to get voicemails. I'm going to figure that out and put those up. That will work too. I get like one of those Google voice things, I think. If you want to record yourself and send me the file MP3, I'll put that in there too. Do the Facebook record thing. I wonder if we can. Dude, this is This is brilliant. We have. Thank you, Scott. Your mad intellect has finally paid off. <laughs> paid off a long time ago. No, it didn't. The All fact right. you didn't have any viewership is because of me. Want to watch your old fucking reverend ass, fucking <laughs> crooked glass preacher man. man. It's preacher yeah, man. That's great. Can you imagine him delivering a sermon? I can, <laughs> no, when I get into preacher mode, these words come out properly. <laughs> Scott Johansson, repent, fool. No. You know, you always have the Lord by your side. Let's see who knows what that's. All right, all right we got to stop. Okay. Oh, wait. I don't know what that is. I know. I'll tell everyone next episode if no one guesses. All right. If we even get this part in the show, because we're so long now. Jesus Christ. Just read it. All right. From Phil. Just got uh, through watching episode 28. Here's an idea for Jason on the road without Scott. Ever been to Waltz and Juliet? Phil doesn't watch the show. We recorded it, Waltz. Took pictures. I, I told him that. I said, we, we did it on the road together. To so Walt. evidently, yeah. Phil doesn't watch very carefully. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Scott, cool. you didn't you didn't like feed, eh? I sent Jason along something you might enjoy. Scott, check out the slide. Hold, oh, please. Where am I? Ooh. <laughs> Although the dog feet, I would I would kiss the dog's feet. No, the dog feet's the grossest thing on there. No, it's not. They smell like yes, popcorn. No, nope, they smell they like, like dog pop. shit. No, that's not as cool. bad as cat feet, but <sighs> how people let cats on their okay, counter? You no, know, and I don't even want to get in trouble because I don't know whose foot is whose, but that one on the right kind of looks like Daffy Duck's foot. It's kind of flattened out there. Okay. Just oh saying. Boy. Oh, wow, more beef. More you beef. Wanna put, you want to put your feet on here? <laughs> more beef. All right, I'm going to read these without my glasses because those aren't working for me. All right, nice update from Mark. And I totally agree that communicating with customers or other people you deal with, keep them up to date. If there's uh, a problem, such as a holdup in production, shipping, whatever, it's nice to know the status of the situation. Here are some characters I would like to see produced, whether 3D or clay sculpted. Scott McCloud as Space Angel. All the Dick Tracy cartoon characters. Dick Tracy, Joe Jitsu, Flat Top. He didn't say mumbles. He sees enough of mumbles. Your discussion Place on Young... <laughs> your discussion on Young Frankenstein remind, reminded me of a date with Diane I had. And I went on before we were married. We went to a drive-in movie theater and saw Young Frankenstein. The refreshments we brought along included a few bottles of lemon sour and a bottle of vodka which we got into during the first movie, whatever that was. Needless to say, you can imagine how much we enjoyed laughing young at young Frankenstein. Kids, don't try this at home. Well, if you're old enough to consume alcohol, don't try this at a movie theater and then drive home. Good advice. Scotty, in my book that I sent you a copy of and hope maybe you have read some of it, you can read about the sequel to this story that happened about 40 years later. Jason, love your barefoot painting, jump down on the electric plug and blood squirt on the wall story. Sounds like a kill your mother, kill your father movie. Sort of. Looks like it. <laughs> so what did you do after you got bandaged up to clean up the wall? I just took a giant sponge, had to scrub it off, and then repaint the wall. Uh, Scotty and Jason, love that you reached out to fellow modelers in your area in hopes of getting together. Back when I lived in Minnesota, there was a few of us that got together after I moved to Oregon. I missed those get-togethers, so I reached out to Hobby Talk and anybody in the Portland, Oregon area that might like to get together since that first gathering in the fall of 2015, some of our swamp meets have had as many as 30 guys in attendance. Here's a few more photos of some of my past bills for the gallery. So thank you, Phil. Uh, we did get two people reach out for a get together. So if you would like to do a get together in the Chicago area, please email us putting it up there now. Uh, and we'll start working on that. If we only get two people. We probably won't do it. Yeah. And we have, uh, another gentleman, uh, uh, he's a, he's a friend of George's that actually got into, he lives in Matson, Daryl Duncan. And, um, I reached out to him and told him about the idea and he said, oh yeah, keep me posted for sure. Cause he lives very close. So, um, so maybe we have three people interested, okay, but cool. you know, we'd like to get some more. Um, we know there's some guys local that we know even that haven't really, uh, got back, but, uh, and, and I say that because you really don't want to be around. If it's just you, you don't want to be around the two of us for more than 20 minutes by yourself. No. It'll get really that annoying. Really fast. funny all the yeah. time. We're funny here for about five minutes and then we suck the rest of the time. <laughs> you suck. Yeah, I do. Uh, I got, this... I got offers, pal. <laughs> 
Uh, Kendall Conniff sent in a bunch of stuff. I'm going to put a picture up here of what he worked on, but then I'm going to put all of that in the user gallery at the user. I always say user viewers gallery. Uh, hi, Jason. I'm still working on the Grim Reaper, but maybe next time I wanted to add some static grass to the base. So I've been watching videos and bought an electric fly swatter to make into an applicator. I bought the same thing and it's sitting right over there that I never did it because I want to make that too. Maybe I should. I'll tell you what, I have one of those electric fly swatters. We should all make the electric grass, the static no, grass thing out of it. But we use it for actually killing bugs. And there's nothing more satisfying than zapping one of them fuckers. Okay. But now here's the key. Once you zap them and they're on the thing, all right, you got to hit the button until they smoke because otherwise they'll come back to life. Okay. So, uh, so I... And you don't use it as a swatter. So you, you like go up to the window with it. Like if there's a fly here and you kind of sneak up to it and then you hit the button and you push it over. And when the fly flies into it, that's how you get it. You don't actually use it and try to bang so down. On it. My, this is one of those moments where Jason's brain is saying, should I say this? Yeah, go ahead. So I used to, I used to work. I don't even want to call it work. I used to be a part of a traveling bondage, interactive bondage show. <laughs> and one of our tools was an electric fly swatter. <laughs> we wonder why he stutters. He's been shock therapy with an electric fly swatter in his diaper. Yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't that. So I'll leave it at that. Why are you such a freak show? <laughs> I'll have to, I'll, I'll put up a picture somewhere of just yeah, my costume. Do. No, yeah. I can't. Actually, I can't. I probably have to edit this out, actually. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> Traveling bondage. <laughs> I never heard anything so ridiculous. That was meat face. That's where all my meat face masks come from. Oh, my God. I don't know where I would be without YouTube videos to learn and <laughs> learn from inspire ideas. The terrain guys have so much that we can learn from and make our, our builds even better. Totally agree. Anyway, I know how much you like custom stuff. So here's my Mobius invisible man. We're running super long. Please check out the user, the viewers gallery at the end. And I'm putting all of Kendall's picture in there. This is a really cool build of his invisible man. So please check it out in the viewers gallery at the end. That's a little tease um, from CG blade. A quick, he needs, he has a request. Jason, please read this on your podcast if you get a chance. I was wondering if you could beg or plead for a talented sculptor to make a one eighth slash one six scale figure of Sophia Butella from the newest Mummy movie. I would be willing to assist and help in the payments to get this done. I would like to see the entire figure on a diorama with perhaps the sand face behind her, tuned minions, turned minions lying on the ground in the church scene. The character is so gorgeous; she deserves her own kit. I've added images from the movie. So I put those up here. If you would interested in working with CG blade on producing a kit, get a hold of them. And I'm sure he'll comment in here. Jump on there with him. from Bucky. St. Bucky. One of our winners, one of our winners getting fed up, trying to Google some answers. So I'm going to go directly to the experts now. <laughs> We're experts. After printing, cleaning, and leaving it to dry for 24 hours, how long do you wait before you prime after curing? 
Should I wait another 24 hours? Thanks for your help. Here's what I said. I would think after curing, you are good to go. I would just give it a wash in simple green or another degreaser. Let it dry and prime. I let mine sit longer because I'm just lazy. Does that seem about right? It does. One thing to realize with any of these pieces is they're cured with ultraviolet light. Okay. Wait, so did you say ultraviolet or ultraviolet? Ultraviolet. Ultraviolet. <laughs> ultraviolet okay. is is me in a clockwork minute. orange. So, um, so don't leave them by your window because right. what happens is, what I've been told anyway, this stuff will continue to cure, mm-hmm. and if it cures too much, it, they will crack. Okay, so you do want to get a coat of something on them as Quickly. soon as you can. Yeah. And I'm not even so sure when you're done if you don't want to hit them. They do sell a uh, UV uh, protectant clear spray that maybe you want to hit this stuff with. I, I That was a question I had. You know what? Yeah, we'll get some more information for you because I had that same question. You need to prime them as fast as you, if you're I there's no windows. I've painted all the windows black down here. <laughs> so the sun can't get in mostly for the show, but. Mm. If you have a clear piece of resin that you cast and it's UV cured and you want it to stay clear, what do you do? Have you like, so that Mr. Freeze kit, it's got the clear dome. What do you do with that? We'll have to find out. We'll talk to Jamie and we'll get, we'll get back, but you should be good to go after cleaning it. You should be ready and and good. Yeah. And, And I know the UV coating is clear, but I don't know what that would do to a clear piece. Yeah. That's what I got to figure out. Chuck Homoka sent this in, and I thought it was pretty funny. So I want you to zoom in. This is a Halloween uh, watching movie blanket, and they have tons of horror movies and stuff on there. And I want you to zoom in on the King Kong in the lower right corner (laughs) and see which King Kong they used for King Kong. No, I'm going to get mad. Ugh. Oh, wait, that's Cujo. Hold on. Oh. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, final email. From Mark Worthling. We put it way at the end. Yeah, just to make him watch till the end. Did you say Worthling? Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, guys. Can't wait to see the next episode. Just wanted to let you know that since we recorded episode 28, I was received confirmation that the kits are now finally on U.S. soil. So the witch kits are in the States. They're going to go through all the paperwork and customs and are still expected to be delivered to Orlando around September 9th. So with this information, I have high confidence that we'll be shipping kits mid-September. This is great. I really wanted folks to get these before Halloween. By the way, Sandy Grease Kit will also be delivered at the same time. So I will be promoting that on the forums over the next few weeks. Thanks for all you do. Scott, Big Galuna, question mark, question mark. Have a great show, guys. Shana and I will be watching. Mark and Shana Worthling. We said Mark Worthling again. Oh. Okay. So that's great. Which kits are coming? We're here. They're done. Like, they're here in the States. That's fantastic. Which is coming. Um, Sandy's coming. Um. I heard Shanna's going to dress up like Sandy and say, uh, going to get beat up. You're going to get beat up. 
What's the line from Greece? Something about stud. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen Greece all the way through. Uh, I have, unfortunately. But um... you've seen Greece, but not. Oh God! All right, everybody, have a good night. We'll see you next episode. Episode thirty, Scott. Episode thirty, and that's um... a round number. Yeah, and thanks to everyone that was on Facebook wishing me a happy birthday. Uh, and I noticed Jason didn't even mention it this episode. So, um, yeah, this is the first episode. I'm 58. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jason. For Your nothing. episode was last week. Why would I wish you a happy birthday now? Dick. Oh, my dog just farted. Hold on. Woo! <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks for that, you old bastard. All right. Sorry. Always blame it on the dog. Yep. Oh, I had White Castles last night. uh, I've expelled that poison.